going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. You in here with the Bruce Wayne of this ish, the King of Kings, the King of Content, and the Speaker of Truth. Yours truly, the notorious one, a.k.a. Mr. Coach Alini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamas. You're visiting the Desert Storm Bunker with EWF and CGAC, God Allah, and the eight-time demonetized champion on YouTube. Let's get the main event. <laughs> There's the bell right there. And we got a great show to, for you today. This is the Blue Chip Mindset Wednesday, where portions of the show We'll be talking about blue chip mindset, and you say, what is the blue chip mindset? Well, you need to catch up, or you need to catch up. The blue chip mindset is the philosophy that is originated by me, guided by my past experiences, my present experiences, and the future of you. We're going to talk about generational wealth, and it comes from the phrase blue chip that is in the American lexicon related to the path that people take in order to protect themselves and their descendants with wealth and pursuit of wealth and happiness, if you will. So we're going to go over that later on in the show. We got a great uh, series where I'm going to summarize the, the uh, main event here. Are you scared to become rich and successful? And I'm going to go over several reasons as to why you will never become either and why you choose to not become either. And I already hear it. I can already hear you ninjas out here. You guys are listening to me right now. Like, you ain't got to be rich to be happy. Successful is a definition only defined by yourself. Money doesn't mean success. Rich doesn't mean happiness. I can already hear you ninjas already. And when I hear those things, that is exactly why you're scared to be rich and successful. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. That mindset right there is exactly why. You're going to be exactly where you are in exactly five to 10 years right there. Mm. <laughs> All right. And that sums up the show. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Why you're scared to be rich and successful. Money is in everything. Money, the root of all evil. All right. The devil is uh, over uh, the overlord of money. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about that. We're going to give you an update. Straggling Sniggles Theater. We have work husband babysitting as uh, Sniggle. Sniggle at work with your straggle. We do have uh, why the world is changing around you. I've been warning you of what's going on. New, 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 You're going to hear from world. one of a lot of people's heroes, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Uh, shout out to Elon Musk. He's kind of doing some great things for us. But as you guys know, sometimes things ain't that great. All right. When you empower certain people, you got to know what they're really trying to do out here. We're going to talk about being house poor. The auto loan delinquency in the age age range of 20 to 40, it's at an all-time high. Why you ninjas is always walking around here telling me you have some sort of condition. We're going to talk about people who have chronic health conditions, self-diagnoses, mental health instability. Yeah, why you going to be poor out here? New, 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 new world and we're going to talk about Al Pacino over there at the junior college being Liddy. All right, later on, I'm going to post a, a message that I received that I, it's just an example message that I talk about, uh, the type of messages I get. This is a young woman who is uh, predominantly a social media star. I'll see, say it at that. 
and uh, she's not in the age range where she can enjoy the nightlife in Las Vegas. Thus, she does hit me up from time to time and says she's thinking about me. And uh, you guys got to understand the junior college is a little too stupid, Liddy, at this point. Al Pacino, age 82, knocking up a 29-year-old woman. Lord, we got to figure oh, out. The humanity. Them young girls don't want you. All right, we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about what's going on out here, man. We are changing. The world's changing right before your eyes. And if you're denying it, um, I don't know what to tell you. You guys are having the world. Uh, they, they call this build back better. Okay. And you guys don't realize they have to stop earth. They literally have to stop earth and stop everything and everybody on it in order to redirect the, uh, the, the path of everybody on earth. Now, what you're not understanding right now is if you don't make a change, what's happening is these people, you're going to be so far behind, it's ridiculous. And I've been warning you of this since 2019 and 2018, but really specifically while it was going on in 2020, and you guys were like, but no, coach, wear your mask. I'm like, man, you guys do not understand what's happening. And by the time it hits you, you're going to be so dumb and it's going to be so late, I don't even know what to tell you. This is going to be so dumb. You better catch up. All right. So anyway, we're going to get into that later on in today's show. So do me a favor. Dollar sign the Notorious CGA on the Cash App. Venmo Coach Greg, Greg Adams TV. PayPal. PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. And that is pinned to the top of the live channel on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. The Notorious CGA channel. You're able to super chat on the Notorious CGA channel. And so let your words be heard. Contribute to today's show. Because, yes, we are shadow banned. We are demonetized over here. Our, our reach is probably um, uh, whittled down to about maybe 2,000 people worldwide. Very rarely do a lot of people can, they can't see this show and definitely it's not pushed through the algorithm. So know that first and foremost, I don't make money from YouTube. All right, so the contributions that are uh, donated to keep this message going comes from the viewer. It's like PBS, comes from the viewer. And uh, it is what it is. That's the way it goes. Anyway, Let's get into today's show and acknowledge the earlier contributors to today's show. Then we're going to give you a straggle and sniggle theater. We got Albert Wesker says fear of success is why many people self-sabotage. And you are absolutely right. Self-sabotage. They do. And they choose a path that they believe has happiness, which I'm going to show you being mediocre. Okay. And um, I was watching a, a clip by uh, about Satchel Page. And if you don't know Satchel Page, he's a great, great, one of the greatest baseball players ever and certainly a pioneer and great of the Negro Leagues. Um, uh, Satchel Page says there's nothing wrong with being average, but when people become, um, become common, become common, that's what you should be afraid of. And we often use the word average, but average doesn't tell the story. Some people choose to be commoners. And when Satchel Page, I read that quote, I, the quote I'm paraphrasing, it's, it's not exactly how he said it, but being a commoner is what many people decide. Okay. Yep. Being a commoner is what people decide. And so when, they, when you're being, when you choose to be common, that is normally a result that's not going to be able, you're not going to withstand the results long-term. All right. And so you're going to self-sabotage, self-sabotage. Blue blue chip patriarch. What's up, coach? I enjoy your rants. You be going in on ninjas. He says, leaving no mouths unsmacked. He says, get out your feelings out here. Uh, that's another thing about why people won't be successful in rich because they be in their feelings. All right. The only feelings you should have is to uh, be trying to feel uh, yourself laying the smack it down on somebody. 
All right. This is a competition. Life is a competition. I'm sorry. If you don't want to compete, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You're competing even when you say you don't want to compete. You're like, I'm not going to compete. I'm going to just sit here. You're competing. We're keeping score, Ninja. <laughs> Every day we're here, we're keeping score. I don't know if you know this. This is not. And now, if you want to be a commoner and not keep score, we'll sit on the sideline and watch the game. But you're going to pay, Ninja. You're going to pay for admission. Nathan is for free, except most of the content I deliver. Derek Eaton says, yo, rent due. Damn, is it time? Yo, rent's due, motherfucker. Is it that time already? He said a simple thank you for what you do, brother CG, coach gang, and free agent lifestyle for life. For, 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 for life, for life. All right, Choppa. TJ Ship says, peace, coach. Love the struggle and sniggle, or the straggle and sniggle intro. That's my ish because I already know there's barbecue in there. And shout out to the straggle and sniggles out there. Be real mahogany. Say hello to my little friend. This is Al Pacino. Delta Fox, money buys you the freedom to do whatever I want. And it buys her the freedom to do whatever she wants. He says, you'll never hear anyone complain saying I have too much money, <laughs> right? He says, people are always talking about money shortages. They'll never have enough. And he says, get your money right. Coach game, get your money right out here. I don't care if it's just doubling your income right now. I don't care if it's just making an extra $10,000. Jermaine B is in the building. He says, got to get over hump day and slide into the weekend. Keep doing your thing, CGA. Thank you, brother. We do have some brothers over on the cash app, and it's Miller time. He says, ties and offerings. I appreciate you, coach. Thank you for the early contributors. All right. And shout out to, uh, we'll call you El Santo, supporting the show, coach. Rent is due. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Rent due out here tomorrow, man. Just pay it tonight. Just pay it tonight. Or pay it in advance. You want to impress your landlord, give them the rent two days earlier. They'd be like, damn. And then they spend it and they got to wait 36 days to get their next rent payment. <laughs> right? Uh, make them make them uh, sniggle a little bit. What got Dots Token says, took a weekend trip to the islands. The straggles are invading heavily. Sasquatches everywhere. Now, how are they out there going on vacation? All right. Maybe we have a tweet that can sum it up. A lot of people, especially Sasquatches that go on vacation, they already, they broke and they're just ignoring it. All right. Uh, they're using the, they're employing the, if I don't see it, it ain't happening <laughs> strategy. Newski says about to go in a six month muck mode phase so I can wild out later in life. If I please, lust is a mother sucker though. He says, but you got me in my zone. <clears throat> you got me in my zone wanting to not be a normie. Appreciate you, Newski, and thanks for sharing everything that you share with us and on locals. Yes, lust is something else, man. You can conquer the lust. The disciplined man, the disciplined men are the ones that win outside of their lust. And Jay Cool, coach, you were right about getting things done early in the morning. I enjoyed my evening yesterday, but I ended up, it ended up being that I did not get home until midnight, and that was bad. Now I am white or whipped. Or white. Now I am whipped for the day. So wait. Okay. So now you're whipped from that day. So from this day forward, anything that I do must start no later than eight o'clock, at least on work nights, just as you more or less do, just as I do. Sorry. I listen. My, my, it's hard to read how people write. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, what are you doing? What? Jesus, sorry. I tried. But <laughs> he said it was wiped, but it was whipped. Hey, I'm 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 trying. I'm trying to read what y'all writing, man. Come on, man. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You're saying you're tired because you started and you got home at midnight. All right, shout out to you. All right, listen. Y'all making me look crazy. All right, last two. Christopher Ziz says, I talk to young men from their late teens to their early 30s on Discord, and they are immature. He says, almost to the point of feeling alien to me, within eight years, we're done. Mark it. He said, we're done. <laughs> My man said, reading like a hostage. Yes, indeed. Yes, um, uh, guys, I think uh, what one of the things, we're, I'm going to do this book, the book that's going to have to come out, The Principles of the Blue Chip Mindset. Here's the thing, and I've been warning you guys this a lot, a long time. People who think teenagers and men and women in their early 20s to mid-20s, sometimes late 20s, anybody who says that these people are young, Anybody that says these people are immature, anyone that says these people have time, I think are some of the big, biggest ignoramuses in America. I'm here to tell you, and listen, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I'm not trying to put pressure on you. But people who say teenagers and people in their mid-20s are young are fucking morons. I'm telling you, I cannot agree with these people these people are idiots well your brain doesn't fully develop so you're waiting for it to fully develop to do shit oh my god <laughs> i can't stand people who say that well they're still babies oh 24 you're a baby 24 is not young <laughs> what are what are you doing 24 is not young 19 is not young I mean, it's young, but that doesn't mean you just have time. Oh, well, I would just do nothing and smoke weed and sit up and fornicate and waste my whole day doing nothing. That That's not what, because when you give them the leeway to say, yeah, it's young. You don't have to get started. You don't have to be where you want. You don't have to know where you want to go. Please, this is absolutely disgusting mindset. It's normie mindset. Guys, gentlemen, do not fall for this shit. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, do not fall for the, your brain doesn't develop until 25. So I can just waste eight valuable years, sometimes 10 doing absolutely nothing. This is not normal. Most people, <laughs> mo dude, people, it, first of all, life expectancy, you, you guys are messed up with life. I'm already going off. This is why this is the blue chip mindset. The problem we have today in our world is that we have a life expectancy of about 80, right? You can live 80, you can live 90 or 100. This is somewhat not new, all right? I know in the Bible they'd be living a 1,000 years, but I'm not even going to discuss that. All right, but listen. But listen. The fact that people can live to 90 gives you the impression that you got time. Many people, life expectancy barely was 50, 52. And then when you talk about functional life expectancy, most people 
can live functionally now if they eat well and exercise and take medication and then go to doctor's visits. They got Medicare. You can just string on a life for 30 years doing absolutely nothing. Okay. But what you have to understand is previous to these times, because of this perceived life expectancy, you think you got valuable years into your 60s and 70s and 80s, which you don't. Most people are not very strong. You're, you don't, you're fatigued. You slow down significantly once you hit into your 60s going, you slow all the way down. But you think because you can live to 80 or 90, you got time to do this shit. You do not. That's first and foremost. You're going to slow down in your late 50s. You're going to slow down. So you waited until 25 and 30 to get your life together so you can work for 25 years? Barely? I mean, barely. You're just going to get it going then, huh? Let's go back. Many people didn't live very functionally after age 50. They didn't have medication and Medicare and shit to keep your ass alive. They didn't have it. So after 50, most people were donezo. That gave them an incentive to do things early in life. In fact, Cleopatra, a lot of people who were kings and queens that you guys pedestalize, you all think these people were in their 30s and 40s. One of the reasons why you think this is because many people in your leadership today are old as dirt. Joe Biden's running around here 80. You think people waited until they were 30 and 40 to be king and queen. They were not. They were teenagers and in their 20s. A lot of the people, a lot of the people who we think about in history were young. They were young and they were making shit happen. King Tut, right? These people were teenagers and 20s, early 20s and 30s. Barely 30. You understand what I'm talking about? The greatest things that you're going to accomplish, most of them, you got to get started when you're young, <laughs> okay? Many people died and went to war before they hit 20. They were like 16. Like, you think these soldiers that fought the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, you think they were like 40, 30? What do you think they were? They were teenagers. <laughs> they were all teenagers, especially the frontline people. 15, 16, 19, same thing as the people that lived in 300, the people who fought wars, 14, 15, 16. I'm just telling y'all, yep, 12. <laughs> These people know you guys don't have an idea what you're talking about, bro. People get started earlier. Somebody said Genghis Khan, 23. You guys do your own research. The founding fathers of America were in their 30s. They weren't 40, 45, just getting it going. And this is what we're going to talk about here. Are you scared to be rich and successful? Well, times are different now. No, no, they're not. <laughs> it's not, bro. You, man, people would get married and settle down at 18. Having babies, first children at 20 and 21. Well, times are different. And as you can see, are they better though? So anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. And there's some things to accomplish greater in your later in your lives. But I'm telling you, the immaturity of a lot of people, not just men, but women and women, too. You guys assume you have time. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you guys are living it all wrong. You guys got to get started and get on your shit for real. And this is my kick in the ass. This is my kick in the ass for y'all brothers to get started. At least you're going to hear from me. I'm going to I'm a no excuse type of guy, although. You'll hear an excuse from time to time. When I say that, I'm saying it generally. But 
to say that people should wait until their brains develop to move forward in this life, that's poor poverty mindset. To say that a person's young at 25 is super duper dumb. I don't believe it. I don't agree with it. All right. And teenagers, is, let me just remind you because because uh, people think teenagers means kid. And in fact, and I'll prove this to you if you have a moment. The word teenager is a new word. It didn't barely exist before the 1950s. Again, you think 1950s was a long time ago. I get it if you're young. But teenagers is not really a word. It's a marketing term. It's a marketing term to talk about the adolescent years of kid, where kids kind of do dumb things, right? It was created relatively recent. You can't even see the word teenager before the word the, before the year 1950. It ain't even in the Bible. In fact, Mary herself was a teenager, okay? The Mary who you guys pray to, the Catholics pay, pray to, she's probably was 14 or 15. Okay, people don't want to talk about that. And how old was Joseph? I have no idea, but he could have been old as 80. I have no idea. But people didn't have, women didn't have, Mary was not 30 years old, <laughs> right? People think Mary was like 30 and a virgin, <laughs> right? She was 30-year-old virgin, and then she had a baby. Nope, she was a teenager. But the phrase teenager, right, is a marketing term that was put onto a group of people who you can market and create uh, uh, ads from and make money from, okay? And here's the thing. Here's the thing on this one. What teenagers are today are not what teenagers were back then. Adolescence is the period between uh, uh, the, between 13 and 18, maybe sometimes 19. That is your adolescence. That is the true definition of a teenager. Now, within that, these people were young adults. If you look up adolescence, it's equivalent to a young adult. I'm not trying to make a case for anything else. Just keep it in this context. Teenagers is a phrase for a young adult. And many teenagers were actually not sitting in school until they're 18. They were actually in the workforce. And you're going to see that return, by the way. They're actually pushing for more legislation to put more teenagers or adolescents into work. Okay, but a working, a young adult was capable of working. Not sitting around talking about, I'm going to wait till my brain develops at 25. In fact, you guys at 25 have done far less than an adolescent that was 15, 16 in just those two years. Okay, so check this out. That's, that's just the reality of it. Teenager does not mean kid. In your mind, it means kid. You're debilitating a, an adolescent. If you use that, that that is a kid. And technically, a teenager or an adolescent is not a kid. They are young adults. Now, are they fully functional adults? No, because they're dumb. They're still dumb. But with that, they should be pushed into doing more adult things than childish things. That's where the change happens. Not at 25, not at 30. It's almost too late. Yeah, you're crippling them with this type of mindset. And I hear the ages going up. They'd be like a 22-year-old. Well, she's still a kid. Mm. Absolutely not. She is absolutely not a kid or he. I don't care who it is. They're not kids. They are fully functional adults by that, by that age. And if you think, if you want to disagree with me, well, why do they let teenagers drive at, at 16? 
Why? So the parents can go to work and the kid can take themselves to school? No. Is that they're capable of doing it. They're driving a half-ton vehicle 70, mile, 70 miles an hour down the road at 16 because they're capable. That's why. They're able to. They, they're, they should have responsibility and maturity to be able to do so. Now, saying somebody's 26 and still young is the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> right? They're not. You're old as F. And you're behind schedule. Anyway. Now that I got my. Yeah, they're going to war at 18. Y'all be like, I'm proud to be an American. And then you got 18 year olds signing themselves up to go to war and possibly lose their lives. Where's the all the young shit then? All right. When they when you went to a country protected, you send young adults and you have no problem doing it. All of a sudden, when you see a dumbass 18 year old with a vape in their hand walking around praising fornication, you want to say they're young all of a sudden. How are they young? <laughs> when they could go out there and go scrappy do uh, on, on somebody on an opponent's country or our country's opponents. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and you could disagree, but that's because you don't want to get up, get out and get something. That's what it is. You're just trying to come out here and chill. And uh, I'm going to tell y'all right now, that's going to be a mistake. It's going to be one of the mistakes that you make in your life. You're wasting your most valuable years. We talk about women's most valuable years. You as a man will never be as strong. You will never have as much energy. You will never have as much um, what I call bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You will never be as optimistic. You will never have as much ability to run through a brick wall. Between the ages of 15 and 30, 15 and 25. In fact, if you think about this, vigor, if you think about this, look at professional sports. Look at professional sports. Look at any sport, any sport, not even professional. Go to an AAU tournament. Go to a baseball spring league. Okay. Go to a uh, NCA uh, NCA college uh, campus. Now, do you what those young boys are doing? Do you see anyone over twenty eight doing that? Do you see a group of any men? Like I know you could find professional athletes past twenty eight. Can you find an equivalent group of men over the age of twenty eight doing that exact same thing? Like they got a they got a spring league for 28 year olds, right? They got a spring league. It has to be at the same rate. You do not. The majority of what people do with their bodies and what they're capable of is done because your body is built for this. Your body is built to be able to go out and the majority of it's doing between 13 and, and 2022. 20, and semi-pro, it's a small percentage of men. I'm talking about at the same rate as the young men. At the same rate as young men. No, you do not. Yeah, there's some people doing it, but they're not doing it at the same rate, the same capabilities, nothing. You have everything you need right there in between those age groups. And some of y'all ninjas is wasting it. You're completely wasting it, sitting around doing nothing with no goals, no dreams, no aspirations, wasting their youth. Absolutely. You don't see it at the same rate. The most accomplished thing that men men are able to do is doing it in between the ages of 13 and 25. Now, does that mean you have to be put together? No, I'm not saying you need to be put together. 
What I'm saying is you need to be using that time to go put into what you're going to be later on. If you don't and you wait to get started at 26, 27, 28, I'm going to get started now. And your parents, your poor parents actually tell you, yeah, that's fine. No, that is not fine. And I'm telling you, like even my own kids, I'll be telling y'all, y'all wasting y'all time. Y'all wasting y'all years out here now. Nope. Oh, let them grow. Let them figure it out. Let them do. No, <laughs> right. No, 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 no. We ain't letting them figure it out. And then figure it out means scroll TikTok. Figure it out means play video games. Figure it out means smoking weed and fornicating. While they're figuring it out, they're fornicating. They're smoking weed. They're depressed. They, they scroll it through TikTok, watching YouTube, playing video games. That's figuring it out. We're just going to wait till they figure it out. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yo, I'm telling y'all, man, you guys are poor. You guys are effed up because your parents and the people around you are trying to protect you to be nobodies and waste. Yep. Popping pills. Yep. Finding yourself like you just going to find the money tree. And the first time you figure it out, oh, I got a great idea. This is going to work. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're young, that's when you have the opportunity to fail. This is already the blue chip mindset. I'm going to have to cut out portions of this show. When you're young, the reason why you start when you're young, because you can fail and then not screw up your life. See, you can fail and then you can go, damn, bump my head. All right. Let me try it this way. Ah, bump my head again. All right. And then by the time you're 25 and 26, you got the shit figured out. You're like, all right, all right, I got to figure it out. So that the next time when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're ready to go because you already know where you failed. You already know where you failed. But the opposite doesn't work that way. Trying not to fail, trying not to do shit is not a recipe because now as somebody's trying to say, I got in the tech at 29. Yep. He just sat around and did nothing until 29. I'm assuming that's what you're trying to imply. That's, implicitly not true explicitly that's not true you got into a job we're not talking about jobs <laughs> just, see we're not talking about jobs well i started this job yeah colonel the, the 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 what is the dude the dude name colonel the chicken guy started kentucky fried chicken at 65 what that's a job all right telling me you started a job does not defeat what i'm talking about what is the dude named Colonel Sanders? Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Chicken at 65. Okay, that disproves my point. Absolutely not. Colonel Sanders tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. And then at 65, he hit. That doesn't disprove what I'm talking about. You got a job that you became successful at does not mean you didn't try and fail prior to that. We're not talking about telling a teenager to go get a job. We're telling them to start thinking very, very strongly about what you want to become, not an employee, and how you're going to become that. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Okay, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about figuring out how to go get a job. Let's continue. <laughs> All right. Let's continue with the show. 
All right. This is the stuff that I'm passionate about because it burns me up on the inside. The mindset that we have for people and it's set up for your own destruction. You're wasting valuable time and I just cannot see time wasted. I just don't understand why people think they can waste time. Time is your most valuable asset. Anybody that try to, tries to disprove any of my belief systems oftentimes try to leverage time as a way to defeat it. Well, as you can see, time is very, very valuable to me, right? So when they when I say, well, you know, um, um, you know, I'd rather spend money than time and use it across anyone, it just doesn't have to do with women. Because I can make up money, I can't make time. Anybody that says, well, that's dumb, I'd rather give up the time babysitting women to show I'm more valuable than you. And they often have to use time as a way to defeat it because they assume time is free. I've already just proven time is not free. You waste it a lot. Not only do you waste it, you spend it. Anything that you can spend is not free. It is a resource. And time is something that I don't want to waste. If you're telling me to improve the condition with it is to waste time or spend time. That actually does not help to disprove any argument that I have. You're actually telling me to use time instead of money. Instead of other things, I don't want to use the time. I don't want to spend the time. I don't want to waste the time. I'm trying to avoid the time or I'm trying to put the time somewhere else that is more valuable to me. But if your solution to anything that I say is time, then it defeats anything that I'm trying to, trying to avoid. I'm trying to not spend the time there. I want to spend the time over here. How do you get what I'm getting and how do you disprove or provide a counter argument without the use of excessive time? You can't do it. My philosophy is undefeated. You cannot do it. Time is always going to determine the value of whatever it is you're putting forward. If I got to put in excessive time and possibly experience the same result, you didn't disprove me. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Let's hit the show. All right. This isn't even the show. Time is your most valuable asset. Let's get the straggle and sniggle theater right here. All right. Straggle and sniggle theater. And men, you are the biggest. You, you guys are the worst with this. You guys will waste your time and then look up and say you didn't spend anything or you didn't buy anything or you didn't pay for anything. And black men are the biggest violators of this. You guys will waste time as if you think you have it. And then act like you got it for free. It's absolutely one of the most disgraceful things to have, especially when you try to argue me, Ninja. You know, first of all, you can lie to yourself, but do not lie to me. Time is your most valuable asset. You ninjas waste it like crazy. And then think you got it for free. Mm. How? <laughs> all right. And can barely be on time for your job. Let me continue what's going on here. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like. 550 on the fast sticky can get high with me. That's a deal, right? <laughs> All right, let's get to the show right here. Blue chip mindset, straggling cynical theater. Speaking of time, how your work husband, how your girlfriend's or your wife's work husband acts around her. Let's take a look at this scene right here. 
of this starving ninja. Yeah, that brother's starving. And we're going to call him a straggle. I mean, a sniggle. That's what we call them. They're sniggles over here. They're not ninjas because everybody can be a sniggle. Uh, let's take you to this clip right here of the work husband. This is how your girl's work husband flirts with her at work. Roll it. No, you're not. You're ticklish right boy, there. I've been on my feet all day. I'm going to give you a foot massage. Boy, what you mean? Holler at me when I get on break. You holler at me? Why are you treating me so good? I know your love language is acts of service. I just want to show you how you should really be appreciated. I'm about to go to Starbucks for you. You want your same usual, you know, caramel frap, caramel on top and the bottom of some whipped cream? Not you know my whole Starbucks order at heart. I mean, somebody got to pay attention to your cute ass. Why he always yelling at you? It's like, then you can't make a mistake. Let Steph Curry miss a three and then he mess up his parlay. He'll forgive him. That's him calling back? Yes. Don't even answer. You want me to give you a ride home? I'm going to wait. You're for him? Yeah. All right, where my hug at? See you. Ooh, you smell good. <laughs> Look, don't start. All right. Yeah, that's what right. I'm starving. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so this is typically the trait of young men. You think that this is going to earn your way is you spend enough time, pay enough attention, use up enough energy and reach, not even focused on his job. He's not even doing his job all day. He's too busy macking. And as I call it, babysitting that woman. All right. You guys take pride in being babysitters of women. I babysit my woman. All right. My woman like me. All right. I got one woman in check. All right. I keep her in check. You mean you're a babysitter. All right. Ninja, you work at a daycare. That's what you doing. All right. Babysitting these women out here. But um, as you can see, uh, that woman probably has a, I mean, I think they actually even proved it in this skit uh, that she has a man that's talking to her on the phone and he's sitting there instead of working, staying on his path, staying diligent, staying focused. He's focusing on that woman and she's not all that. I mean, she's decent. She'd be a decent late, maybe once or twice. But he, what is he going to get out of that? He probably lose as much as he would get out of that. And he's probably going to cause that woman to make a mistake in her relationship. But so, gentlemen. Babysitting ass ninjas, all right? Work husbands, ninjas out here uh, uh, running daycare centers on women, okay? <laughs> These ninjas got daycare centers, all right? Talking about they ain't paying, all right? Are you the employee then? You must be the employee, all right? Babysitting ass ninjas, that's going to be our new phrase for them. We're going to call you babysitters. Daycare workers. This daycare working ass ninja right here, all right? Um... You know, I would tell you guys, don't be this guy. All right. There's really no win in this. All right. There, and by the way, you know what? You know what? This is the funny thing about women at work. This is <laughs> mouthpiece ass mobster ass. This is the thing about women at work. Let me let me show you an example. All right. This woman's a all right. You know, listen, I ain't going to say she ain't my type, but she ain't bad looking. She's not the best looking. Let me just give you an uh, understanding about women at work. Women at work, for some reason, because they're close to you, you think that they're valuable. Oh, she's so hot. She's so pretty. She gorgeous. She fine. Titty sitting right there. Want to bite? Yeah. All of that stuff. But if you think for one second, that woman at your job is not even attractive compared to women outside or on the internet, wherever you want to go. If you compare the woman that you jocking and sweating to the women outside that you might have a possibility with, the woman that you're jocking is basic as fuck. Basic. However, however, compared to the 
slump busters and the boogers at your job, she sticks out. You like, wow, look at her. She's so fine. It's kind of like when Danica Patrick got involved in in uh in uh indie open wheel indie car racing. Danica Patrick showed up, and in comparison to the other indie car racers, Danica Patrick was hot. She was gorgeous. She was wow. And then with her no uniform and her hair flowing, everybody was like, Danica Patrick's fine. Now, compare Danica Patrick to any average female. Danica Patrick is not that attractive. Mm. <laughs> right? She's not. She's hot doing what she's doing, and she's hot being around 50 other car racers. Yeah, she stands out, just like the woman that's at your job. She seems like she's hot and attractive, but relatively relative to the general population, she's average. But you're about to risk your job, right? You're about to risk your job. I got, I got to go in, coach. That's because of proximity and the, uh, the, you have the option, right? She's close to you. You can smell her. You can see her. You can see the titty, titty jiggling. But she is relatively normal. Always think about that about women at your job. He's doing all of this for this, right? The lust is taking over. Look at this dude. All it is is proximity. That's it, all right? See, it's just proximity and your lust driving you for this. And once you realize this, this is, makes you the disciplined man. This makes you exhibit, exhibit disciplined behavior, all right? And so, yeah, I don't mind a conversation and maybe a little casual flirting. Like if you, if you, if she's giving you that, I wouldn't even tell you to do that. All right, try to stay focused on what you're doing at your job and then have whatever you do off-site. Because just, just so you know, gentlemen, men and women can tell when you're doing something like this. I know you don't think, I know you think you're hiding it, but all of the work employees see what you're doing. And that's not going to reflect positively for your advancement in your thing that you're doing important. So everybody sees you babysitting. Everybody sees you paying a lot of attention. Everybody sees you. People aren't blind. Everybody knows what's going on. So what's going to happen is you're going to risk your reputation overhaul. Uh, listen to me. Trust me. I've been there. You're going to risk your reputation of being a chaser of women at your job and all because you wanted to babysit. And then you're going to wonder why you don't get a promotion. And then people, you're going to be like, oh, is it because I'm black? I worked hard. I'm here. I'm doing this. No, they see you trying to babysit women at work. And it's not going to look good on you. So try to be conscious of that. You're not fooling anyone. Everybody can see what you're doing. They just don't say anything. And they keep it within everybody else. And it gets up to the middle managers. And it gets to the CEO. And then when you don't get promoted, then you're going to wonder why. Let's get on to the uh, next one here. Uh, the George Jetson. Uh, George Jetson on the family guy. They had the old classic clip of George Jetson um, giving the wallet to the wife or the dollar bill to the wife and the dollar the uh sorry i'm messing it up and i think her name is jane what's her name J judy what's her name the jets and wife takes the wallet let me just show you all right so everybody remembers that clip of uh the wife taking the uh i think it's jane jane his wife thank you thank you for putting the song back in my head so jane takes the wallet now family guy came up with a Good clip of Jane taking the wife, but George says, hold up, bitch. 
So George is fed up with being finessed, all right? Wife tried to finesse him for the last time, and Jane, uh, George said, I ain't having it, Jane. All right, get back in your place, <laughs> right? All right. Yeah, you take the Washingtons, I keep the Benjamins, all right? That's how it works around here. Hey, 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 no, 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 no. I took this one out for you. You take this one, I keep this. You are not taking my whole wallet so you can go shopping. I was just going to buy some groceries. Bullshit. Hey, man, you got to call them on a bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Shout out to George Jessen for holding masculine frame against his wife, Ju Jane, not Judy. <laughs> Jane. Judy's in the Flintstones, is it? Judy's the daughter. All right. That's right. George Judy's the daughter. Yes. The adolescent daughter. Um, anyway, shout out to him. We're going to get over to the next one because I went crazy on the first one. Uh, your world is changing right in front of your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. New, 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 new world order. Let's head over to Elon Musk, and he's going to talk about how the world and you and everything you know is going to be transformed to where you won't recognize it in 30 years. Now, I know you guys don't think this is true, but you're going to live it. I hope that you live every day of this, and I hope you're prepared to live this. This is just a piece of advice. Uh, for people who don't understand this, I grew up at a time in the 1980s where people were very self, uh, were very reflective on the 1950s. All right. This is where you get the 1950s housewife and all that shit. Right. But in the 80s, I grew up with no history of the 50s. I never lived the 50s, but we often reflected back to the 50s as a positive time. And the thing, the life, the world had changed significantly from the 50s to the 80s. Okay. We had a show called Happy Days that centered around the 50s. We had a movie called, um, um, a, a lot of movies came out. I can't even remember what the Heavenly Kid was a movie that came out in the 80s reflecting on the 50s. All right. So it was these period pieces about these times uh, often reflected a generation of people who grew up in the 50s as kids. And then now they're in the 80s. They reflect back to the 50s. You can see the big change in life from the 50s to the 80s. Yeah. Greece. Greece is another example. It was uh, I think it came out in the late 70s, 80s, early 80s. And it reflected back to the 50s. Back to the future. Came out in the 80s and reflected back to the 50s. Thank you for um, uh, bringing that up. All right. So think about that. Now, that's only 30 years. That was only 30 years and it was a sig significant world. Now, from today, 30 years prior to today is the 1990s. All right. We still today reflect back to the 1990s as a fantastic fantasy period where men and women got together and it was effortlessly. Right. It worked. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of these things. We didn't have uh, all of the things, social media. We didn't have the things that actually interfere with relationships. So today, the 1990s is used as a reflective period comparison to the present. Oh, it was better in the 90s, right? Well, that's because it was different. And it was what we have today is way different than we have in the 90s. In fact, everything we have today was actually what we fantasized about in the 90s, televisions. Wouldn't it be great if we had a television in our hand? We used to call it uh, video phones. Matter of fact, there were movies. The Jetsons had a video phone. You could just walk around and watch. Elroy had a video phone in his hand. And he would watch the baseball game. And we would be like, wouldn't it be great if we could watch the baseball game in our hand? <laughs> right? 
everything that we thought about and dreamed about in the 90s came true in the freaking 2020s, okay? Now, be careful what you wish for. Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, yeah, the Apple Watch, you can, you can talk on your watch, Dick Tracy, right? Uh, you can talk on your phone, on your, on, your, on your shoe and shit. So now that 30-year age gap, Elon Musk is going to talk about that age gap or that, that not that age gap, but the gap between those next 30 years. He's going to warn you the next 30 years are going to be so different than today, you won't even recognize it. All right. And he is absolutely right. And he's going to be one of the leaders that bring this in. So let's go to Elon Musk. Take a look at him. He looks like a happy camper. Here we go. 20, 30 year time frame. Um, I think things will be transformed beyond belief. Uh, you, won't, you, probably, you probably won't recognize society in 30 years. Um, like, I do think we're, we're fairly close. You asked me about artificial general intelligence. I think we're perhaps only three years, maybe six years away from it. This, this, this decade. Um, so, in fact, arguably, we are on the event horizon of the black hole that is artificial superintelligence. Over. Wait. New, 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 new world order. So, guys, and he, this is a guy who has the power to push forward this change. And he says, you won't even recognize your world in 20 to 30 years. Okay. And I know this to be true. I fully accept it. I'm not fighting it. It would be, it would be equivalent to me fighting change, the change that happened from the 1950s to the 1980s. It would be equivalent to me fighting the change that happens from the 1990s to the 2020s. All right. There are people who are pushing these things forward and you better get on the, you better get on your high horse. You better get on your horse because your world, your jobs, everything you thought of becoming is not going to be. We've been telling you this. We've been showing you this. They've been reporting this and people like Elon Musk are going to be the people who deliver this. They're talking about Elon Musk as, as much as we celebrate him, he's talking about putting a chip in your brain, All right. We also showed the man who had the little bit of AI on his uh, on his pocket to be able to dictate and uh, uh, record all aspects of his life. But this being said, the jobs that exist today will be non-existent. And I thought I know you think I'm lying, but let me just tell you, the 1950s, men largely worked in blue collar industrial revolution, factories, plants. Men largely worked there, were able to support families. By the 1980s, that began to phase out. And we moved into what was the 1990s, going into the digital uh, digital age. Now we're fully involved in the met, met uh, what they call the metasphere, metasphere, metasphere. <laughs> okay, and we're in AI and supreme, supreme technology. So what jobs that existed in the 50s no longer existed in the 1980s. Jobs that existed in the 90s no longer exist today. All right, same thing that's going to happen today. Social media will still be here, although people want to get rid of it. We should get rid of social media in it. Metaverse. What did I call it? I call it the metasphere. <laughs> All right. Uh, the metaverse is the, the future. Even though Meta and Facebook didn't get it right off the rip, I warned you that they're going to get it right. Somebody else is going to get it right. They're, they're laying the groundwork for a metasphere. Meta, metaverse. <laughs> metasphere. I call it the metasphere. 
All right, they laid the groundwork for it, and it's not going backwards. Just because they failed at it doesn't mean – I mean, I'm sure somebody failed at making a computer. Didn't stop people from trying to make it work. They eventually perfected it, and they got to the point where the computer took over. The original person might have failed, but they took it forward. Other people took it forward. Same thing with this new version of AI and metaverse. It's going to change the world. And he's saying 20 to 30 years, you won't even recognize the world, which he's – that's not even a leap. That's actually facts. Every 30 years completely changes the world. But he said, how many years did he say? He said five years. <laughs> right? Y'all better get y'all better get on your shit. Five years. Let's go ahead and say it. Let him play it again. 20, 30 year time frame. Um, I think things will be transformed beyond belief. Beyond belief. Beyond belief. Again, y'all think y'all going to exist in this world where it was 2019 over again? I've been telling you this. It ain't going to be 2019 no more. It's gone. It's gone. You better develop a new strategy out here. Uh, you, you, probably, you probably won't recognize society in 30 years. Um, like I do think we're, we're fairly close. You asked me about artificial general intelligence. I think we're perhaps only... Three years, maybe six years away from it. All right, three years to six years away. All right, and he's the guy that will be able to do it. All right, so he's going to pull it off, whether he's real, whether he's a robot, whether his fantasy, nobody can predict the future, but you can sure change it. Can one person change the future? So he can't predict what's going to happen. He can sure be a responsible for the change. I mean, there's a guy named John Wilkes Booth who changed the world in about 25 seconds, right? And he predicted that he would change the world, and he, in fact, did it. If you know your history, you know your history. It don't take many people to change the world. It One person can do it. So he can't predict it, but he sure can push it towards that way, and he will. He absolutely will. So be careful who you ally. I know he's a great for the conservatives. They're like, Elon's protecting free speech. I'm like, yeah, but he's also, <laughs> right? He's also... Somebody you guys got to watch out for. Let's talk about this money. Let's talk about money. I got money. All right, here we go right here. Um, More than one in four Americans house poor. All right, house poor. This is something I warn you about. One in four American. Oh, oh yeah, did I forget the homeowners? Yes. Okay. One in four Americans are house poor. I've been warning of this. I think it's way more than this. This doesn't even count the people who are barely making it. All right. One in four Americans is a house poor. This came out yesterday in the New York Times. New, 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 new world order. All right. And this is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people entrap themselves by getting, um, you know, they want to be a homeowner so bad, but they just can't afford a house. I get it, man. And sometimes buying a house, eventually you can dig yourself out of this. Uh, but sometimes, you know, these houses return back to the banks. Right. And these people know this more than uh, more than one quarter of homeowners in the United States are house poor, spending more than 30 percent of their income on housing costs. All right. So this is this is um, this is not just mortgage. Right. So the argument back in the day used to be, well, mortgage is cheaper than rent. But we actually did a great breakdown, I think, last week's show on housing costs. So 30 percent of your income is what, they, what they're saying should go to your housing costs, not your mortgage. 
So you got to take in consideration the mortgage and maintenance and repairs and these things. And people are spending way more money on their housing costs. In fact, okay, yeah, this is just homeowners. I, I was just going to say that, John Joe. This doesn't even include people renting apartments, right? This is just the homeowners. And I know people uh, throw out facts and figures, okay? The problem with facts and figures is that we're desensitized by numbers. We don't really don't understand it. I can tell you one in four, and you might think that's not a big deal. And then I say, okay, put it into practice. All right, uh, every, every, <laughs> every $4 you make, give me one. Every $4 you make, give me one. Right now, all of a sudden, you're going to figure it out. Wait a minute. You're going to be like, this don't make sense. Or every four women that that you meet, you're going to fornicate with them on the spot. Oh, wow. This is now the numbers make sense. <laughs> every four houses you see, one of them are poor. One of them. So just keep multiplying that and then. Figure out what the number is. Just go go to your neighborhood. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, broke. One, two, three, broke. One, two, three, broke. <laughs> right? That shit going to add up quick. You're going to be like, man, this is a big problem. <laughs> this is a, Yep. Rich, 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 poor. Rich, 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 poor. And then it's more like this. Rich, broke, broke, poor. Rich, broke, broke, poor. It's, that's what it's more like. It's not even, it ain't even broke. It's rich, broke, broke, poor. That's what the, the count would be. <laughs> Just go through your whole neighborhood. You got a houses, 30,000 houses and do that. You're going to figure out real fast and go, holy shit, this is a problem. When I tell you one in four women have mental health issues or prescribe mental health, go outside, go to your college, walk down, just stand there and count them. One, two, three, crazy. One, two, three, crazy. One, two, half crazy, crazy. It's going to add up real fast. One in four women got an STI. One, two, three, burning. One, two, three, burning. One, two, three, nasty. One, two, three, nasty. Just think about that. So we get desensitized and we say, well, that's just 25% of homeowners. Well, how many homeowners do we have in America? 100 million, <laughs> right? I don't even know the number. One, two, three, herp. One, two, three, herp. One, two, three, finna have herp. It adds up real fast. So think about it, man. Um, uh, these things are gonna often cause what I call collateral damage, and it actually affects more people because people who home own, own homes, uh, it's just not their issue. It's everybody else's issue, right? It becomes that taxpayer issue. It becomes the issue uh, for people who uh, make money from home ownership, <laughs> landscapers, people who work around home, real estate agents, banks. This becomes everybody's issue. So um, when you talk about it, it's normally going to be a, a, a cost burden for everybody with this mindset. I think owning a home used to be a privilege, but now people take it as an entitlement. And then in their greed, they do something that they're Ill, Ill prepared for. But by the way, last one, did you know 30% is the baseline for what people believe a homeowner or a renter should be spending on their living expenses? 30% is what is what the people say is the baseline, the, the amount, no more. 
for people to be able to afford to live in a house or an apartment. 30. That shit is insane because I know people are spending 40 and 50. I know people are spending way more on their living expenses than 30 percent. And that's not 30. But that's not just the rent. They're talking about the entire living expenses. 30. What? Guys, you guys got to take um because actually if in order to qualify, this is how you get into trouble here. Many places, especially upscale apartment living condos and townhouses, what they will say is you have to qualify at this income to live here. And they use the 30% principle. They use the 30%. So they'll say, all right, your living expenses, your rent should not exceed 30% of your income. So let's just say, let's take a high-end area, high-end rent, $3,000. All right, do the math. Let's do the quick math and not get completely accurate. If the if the rent is $3,000, how much income must you have in order to meet that threshold to qualify for that living space? How much? Do it quickly in your head. Just, just roundabout. Let's just take it 33%. Let's just say 33%. You need to make $9,000 a month. $9,000 a month to qualify for a place that the rent costs $3,000. <laughs> right? That shit is... Huh? Now we know people who are paying in these areas, nine, I'm sorry, $3,000 a month, they're not making 9K a month. They're not. They're not. They might be making 6,500. They might be making 6,500. So just apply this across the board and you see why people are saying rents are out of control because the reason is they are. If their average rents, you know, let's take a regular city, a regular big city, could be 2500 easily easily 2500 i mean that's even rare today 3000 if you take like a a small city like a like in atlanta and all these places right it could be $2000 well technically you'll be having to make 6000 $6500 a month to qualify right and we know people aren't making that amount of money and even if they are their expenses are going to be way more that's just the rent that doesn't count your utilities that doesn't count anything. You tack that on top of it. People are spending $3,000, maybe $3,500. Uh, $3, so there's not much room for savings. Think about it. He says, just, he says, that's just for the rundown places, $2,500 in Atlanta. Technically, you got to be making uh, $7,500 a month to, to be financially, physically sound, according to the people here, according to the people. All right. Anyway. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the next one here. He says savings, savings. What that mean? Right. Uh, let's see here. What do we got now? Let's talk about uh, more, more jaw dropping statistics according to the state of debt in America. Okay. And as they see, what do you see here? What do you see here? Just learn, learn the subliminals here. <laughs> who, who do they have as the state of debt in America? Are they have a man? Do they have a single man? Do they have a MGTOW? Do they have a minimal, a guy living minimalist? No. The state of a debt in America, sadly enough, women are in steep, steep debt. Not all women, but women as a population are in steep debt. Let's see what they say here. Most Americans have some credit card debt. Let's run the numbers. 30% of Americans have between $1,000 and $5,000 worth of debt. And credit, that's just credit card debt, y'all. That's just credit card debt. A thousand to five grand in credit card debt, and um, 
most people will have that debt revolving. That shit is not going to get paid down. I mean, you you think somebody's going to pay down $3,000 in debt per month? No. The only way they're doing that is that they have to advance the debt and basically say, I'm going to pay for everything on the credit card. All right. That's basically what they're going to do. They're going to pay their rent on the credit card. And eventually they'll raise the balance if they're diligent. But at some point it's going to consume you. If you miss one rental payment or if you miss not one rental payment, if you miss one pay off your credit card month, then you're going to double your debt pretty quickly. All right. And uh, it's going to take a matter of a month or two. 15% have more than $5,000 or more in credit card debt and 6% have more than $10,000 of credit card debt, all right? And almost 6% may see um, may seem like a lot. It says right here, although 6% may seem like a small amount, that means that based on the survey results, how many is 6% of Americans? 14 million, okay, have over $10,000 of credit card debt, all right? So again, with the numbers, oh, 6%, that's not a lot. We're talking about 14 million Americans. So don't get too messed up with the numbers because you're like, oh, it's only six. It's only 10. We even take 40% and 50% and act like it's not a lot. Well, only 50% of marriages, only, only, only 50%. You mean out of the 1 million people that got married this year, damn near half of them, 500,000 got divorced only. (laughs) 6% is a lot when you're talking about a population of 350 million. 6% can mean 14 million Americans. And that's just the ones with over $10,000 of debt. And by the way, um, $10,000 of credit card debt is uh, could be devastating. But even, even take in the other numbers that they included in this, they, they also included the 15% that have $5,000. Okay. Uh, this is going to be revolving debt. This is going to be minimum payment. So you got 15 plus six. That's going to be 21%. Do the numbers. And then you even include the other ones that have the 30% that have $1,000 to $5,000 in revolving debt, the 30%. So now you're talking about 50%. See, that's what people missed. This article talks about 51% of Americans that have credit card debt that could be debilitating and could cause problems. 51%. Those were the total numbers. Okay. So what is the number of that of Americans? I mean, I mean, I, I would take 350 and cut it in half, but you can't really do that because you have children and elderly and whatnot. Let's just say 100 million. 100 million Americans running around here about to be effed up. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. We're kind of going to be in some trouble here. Now, here's the next one right here. This is the next one. And then we'll, let me see if I skipped anything. Oh, I did skip something I wanted to talk about. So you tack on the credit card debt. That's just half the story. Then you tack on the housing debt, house poor. So one in four Americans are house poor. 51% of Americans have credit card debt. Let's talk about the consumer. Let's talk about this debt. Serious auto loan delinquencies among people under the age of 30 is approaching global financial crisis levels. All right, they're giving you the warning signs as well. So we're talking about wealth and building wealth. Guys, let's just be honest. Most people are effed up. They are effed up financially. And I've been there, done that. The biggest financial thing I had was a divorce. All right, that was the biggest one. And, the, and then prior to that, I had um, I had some debt for moving. 
All right, but uh, check this out. Uh, where is it at here? Where's the where's the young people here? I can't even see the young people number. What where what am I looking at here? All right, I do see I do see. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, it's in blue. I couldn't see it. So if you can see my mouse, eighteen to twenty nine, the transition into serious delinquency, meaning ninety plus days of uh, delinquent auto loan payments. Ninja, please. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is a problem. So the blue line, 18 to 29, is the auto loan delinquency over a period of, of quarters, it looks like. Months, they have it down here. Months, yeah, three month, month three month. Here we go, month 12. Here we go, right here. All right. And the period that are delinquent. It's a confusing chart. It definitely is. But what you're seeing is what I've been warning you about, the amount of young people who live in debt, okay? And so this fantasy of um, having it all when you're young, when we get to the are you scared to be rich and successful, many of you, many of you, unless you have a extreme circumstance where you get wealthy, um, you know, you become rich and famous later in life, many of you guys are going to be consumed in debt early. You're going to be consumed in debt very early. And I often want to say this, and I'm going to bring it back to something we often talk about, women doing well, women doing being successful. When I juxtapose this, and it might be unfair, listen, it's my show. We're hearing that women make more money. We're hearing that women own more homes. We're, we're hearing these things. Women earn more than men. But at the same time, as this is happening, we have most Americans in debt. Most auto loan delinquency from the same group of people, more house poor Americans, more foreclosures. At the same time, we're hearing that women are doing better and earning more. They got more debt attached to it. So when they earn more, we're just typically they're not doing better with it. We also hear women are earning more and got more houses. But guess what? There's 77 percent of American women feel financially insecure. You see what I mean? Like you see it you would assume that the women are making more and they're doing better. The women are making more and they're happier, but it's the opposite. They're doing better, but they are also contributing to a group and they're not the only ones, but they're contributing to a group where they're not paying off their auto loans. They're in delinquency. They're in foreclosure. They can't afford the house. They're house poor. They're in, they're in student loan debt. They're in steep consumer debt. You see this? You got you to gotta take those both worlds. You got to actually look at both worlds. They may be earning more. Doesn't mean they're financially and fiscally sound. And so you have a group of people, 18 to 25, 18 to 29, in serious auto loan delinquency. What's the next group? 30 to 39. 30 to 39. So really, 18 to 40 is in trouble. 18 to 40 is in trouble. And this type of debt, is going to cripple most people to where they'll never be wealthy. And to me, debt is equivalent to slavery or servitude. Debt is equivalent to slavery and servitude. And in fact, you can probably find that in the Bible for my Bible thumpers out here. Debt is slavery. And not only is it slavery, it's choice slavery. Like you chose it. Now then you're waiting for a miracle to happen. And this means you got you to gotta pitch a shutout now. All right, you got you to gotta play tight-ass defense, press, man-to-man. -man. You got to press full court now in order to get out of this debt. And you might even get into this debt. The, the likelihood that you get into this debt is when you're supposed to be young and dumb. Have you noticed that? Look at the chart. 
You're supposed to be young and dumb and still a kid exactly when most people are consuming the most debt. Right? 18 to 29. There it is. So, yeah, man, you need to get on your path. You're an adult now. You're a big boy. Put on your big boy pants. Girls, ladies, put on your big girl panties. This is not a time to be foolish. And not a time to think that uh, this debt is not going to seriously put a stranglehold on your life. In fact, you haven't lived a free day in your life if you've been in any debt. And I'm not talking about business debt and shit like that and buying um, and buying, um, you know, townhouses and units and rental property. I'm not talking about that type of debt. I'm talking about personal debt. If you're in personal debt, you have not lived a day in freedom. Okay. And most of you guys, especially the ladies, you guys got student loan debt. By the way, the new, um, the new raising the debt ceiling agreement is going to tell you guys are not going to be happy with it because they're going to actually release a stranglehold on that student loan debt pause that you thought Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, Uncle Jim Crow Joe was going to get rid of. Guys, that student loan debt is going nowhere. I'm sorry to tell you. That's going to be a stranglehold on your life. They're going to release the pause on the student loan debt, forcing you guys to pay it, and that's going to cause a major problem. That's going to cause a major problem when you guys are going to have that debt because you guys don't have the money saved up. The smart people would have done this. The smart people would have said, all right, um, now that there's no interest on the debt, I should pay it down significantly, even if you pay it down to 10000 to 20000 and then hold out, hold out for Uncle Joe to come through. It's not accumulating any interest for the last two years almost. That was when you had time to pay it down. Or you could actually save the money that you would have placed on your principal payment. And then when the debt is uh, was, was going to start back up, when the, when the student loan debt pause was released, then pay off the debt. Most people did neither. Most people did neither. And so these simple solutions that people say, well, all you have to do is, and all you have to do is most people don't do because now they become more in debt, personal debt, the interest rates increase. So there's less opportunities to save money for the average, average American. And as a result, when they kick in them student loan debt payments and them payments are about 200 to 800, sometimes 200 to 1,000, Y'all going to get y'all's asses kicked, right? The a American women are going to stress. They're going to be selling Pudusi like crazy. Average student loan debt payment. Let me see here. You think they selling Pudusi now? We got the average between 200 and 299. That's the average student loan debt payment. Uh, I have here. The average student loan debt payment, $393. Yep, somebody just said it, $400. All right, I got $400 a month. You think people are tight now. Imagine they have to come up with the extra $400 a month. What? Yeah, it's based on your wages. It also could be based on, um, you know, you went to grad school or undergrad. Man, people are going to be selling but dusty. Like crazy. The market for the monetized women is going to go insane. Watch it. I predicted this before and I was right. Watch it. When that student loan debt pause comes off, it's going to be. I got money. You're going to see girls walking up and down the street. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. <laughs> Dude, they're already doing it.
Ay, ay, ay. All right, last one, and then I'll get back to all the contributions, and then we'll get back to the rest of the show here. I thought this is going to be four hours, damn it. Nearly half of all Americans are now have chronic diseases. Okay, I've been warning you about this. This is autoimmune. Listen, I'm not even going to talk about the pokey poke. All right, but uh, chronic diseases. All right, so uh, essentially you're sick. Nearly half of all Americans are sick. That's going to mean you're young and sick. That means you're going to be old and sick. That means you're going to be popping pills. That means you're going to be just patching your way through um, and you have debilitating life altering uh, diseases essentially right here. And it says right here, the prevalence of these conditions has surged over the past decades, creating a twofold health care and what economic crisis affecting nearly half Americans by 2030. The number of U.S. residents struggling with at least one chronic illness is set to surpass 170 million Americans. 170. Jesus, you guys got to pay attention here. Not only do we talk about wealth, you got to be very conscious of your health. Okay. Very conscious of your health. And this is going to be a problem. It says more than 40% of children and adolescents currently have at least one chronic illness. <laughs> All right. Get the medication. Pharma going to be going crazy. Man, I've been telling y'all. That's why I'm telling y'all, man, don't buy into this shit. We ain't even talk about mental health. We are a sick population of people. We're sick. We're financially sick. This is not disputed. We are financially sick. We are morally sick, corrupt, but I'm taking part of it. We have people that believe teenagers are kids, right? Not only that, the teenagers are sick. They're mentally sick. You got adults mentally sick, right? We just a sick group of people, man. Fake sick too. Some of this stuff is just in your head. Some of you guys are hypochondriacs. I cannot stand you hypochondriacs. All right, hypochondriac ass person. I got gluten. I got uh, what is it? My thyroid and uh, my gluten intake and my diabetes and my my peanut allergy and my every time I look up, that's something just physically wrong with you. Then you go into the other shit, my trauma and my past. How fuck? Now you mentally unstable. My ADHD. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> what the fuck? Every time I look up, somebody got four or five things. I got this, 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 and this. How about you a lazy bum? How about that? <laughs> All right, you just a lazy bum looking for an excuse, and you'll find somebody, and you will find a doctor will give you anything. They'll tell you anything. Well, you know what you are. You have delayed onset, thyroid, futuristic, globalization, hypoglycemic. Like, what the? And you have, yeah, and you have sleep apnea. Attention deficit adult disorder. I don't want nobody to tell me shit. I don't got nothing. I'm 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 normal. I'm normal. I don't got no injuries, no nothing. <laughs> I ain't I don't need no cope. I don't need any of this stuff because I think these things are are grounded in weakness. It makes people weak and it makes people dependent. And certainly it makes somebody else a big old bag of money. Let's get to these contributions, mothers. Thank brothers. Thank you. Bro, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the contributions. We got to catch up. Shout out to C Dub says, shout out to the Wolf Pack, the Pure Bloods, and the Nasty Boys. Oh, that's nasty. All right. Shout out to Speaking My Mind says, I told you, you read like Joe Biden. All right. I think I read worse than Joe Biden. All right. But I do have a funny clip of Joe Biden reading. 
but y'all can't blame me. Boy Wonder says, a college girl I wanted to marry would tell me she's spending time with her mentor. She says, years later, went on seeking, and the girl wants a mentor. Is this term synonymous with sugar baby? Yeah, no, she wants, this is what she wanted God to do. All right, so uh, this is a common thing. Young women are doing this. This is a thing. All right, I know people want to ignore it. Oh, I'm going to just ignore it. You guys, uh, this is how you guys cope. I'm going to ignore it and wait for my wife to show up. Okay, I already had your wife, and I mentored her. What they want is free advice. <laughs> they want somebody to give them direction and instructions to prevent them from going to self-destruction. But all they're doing is just, it's the same transaction. Okay, and in addition to these transactions, they want you to give them, because they assume you're wealthy and uh, compared to them, you are. Even though you might not be wealthy, compared to them, you're wealthy. And I'll show you this on Locals later on. What they want is for you to tell them where to invest their money, how to start a business. They want you to walk them and hold their hand. All right. Invest your time, giving them knowledge that took you 10, 20, 30 years and a lot of failure to get at. They want you to tell them where to, you know, get rich quick, where to put their money so they can get, get you know, get a great return on their on the stock market in relatively short order. And possibly spend the money in addition to the money you spent on them earlier, spend the money on them. They want you to put your money into their crypto account. They're not going to put their money in the crypto. They want you to put some of your money in there for them. <laughs> so I think what these people, especially these young women are wanting is a financial savior without putting skin in the game. All right. And so, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. Most of the information you give them is going to go in one ear and out the other. I tell women all the time what they should do. And 98 percent of them don't do shit. They do none of it. You know why? Because attached on the end of it is work. They think that they're just going to become and many times they can get famous quickly. They can get rich quickly, but they can make a bag quickly. But oftentimes they're going to spend it. I'll show you this on locals later. So even though if they do do something, they're going to spend it. But attached to everything is work. So people want to know about YouTube. And at some point, I'm going to create the best YouTube course on here because I have people asking me all the time for it. I'm going to create one of the best YouTube courses here. All right. And then I'll show you how to not get demonetized. Sorry, right, but when I show people what they have to do to be good on YouTube, they do not want no parts of it. They don't want no parts of it. As soon as they hear it. As soon as they hear that shit, they be like, uh-uh. And not only do they don't say, uh-uh, but in their mind, they be like, because mm, this shit is work. I mean, this is beyond work. And then they'll start to do shortcuts. I'm going to try to figure out how to shortcut my way which they'll do something like, have you ever noticed this? Watch how women get attention on you on any social media. Mostly, this is generally. It will be a eight-second clip with 30,000 views on or 30,000 likes on Instagram. The clip that they put out is literally eight seconds and they have their mobile phone horizontally. Sorry to go off on this one. And then they get a lot of views, a lot of subscribers. They really can't monetize them other than the basic monetization of TikTok and whatnot. They really can't go figure out how to monetize it after that. 
and I have women that have OnlyFans. I know them. They do well, but then they kind of have a dip. The OnlyFans dip where their their fans get a little bit bored of them. They need a new bitch. But they get used to doing work in eight-second fragments, (laughs) right? So they'll get in front of the camera, do this, shake their titties, turn, turn, do this, and that's the clip. And I'm like, well, YouTube ain't like that. YouTube ain't like that. You actually got to do some editing work. You need Final Cut Pro or the equivalent. You need studio. You need background. You need thumbnails, Photoshop or equivalent. You need to be able to do this. It takes this to download and upload. You need a you need a storage device. I start telling them what they need, and they be like, mm. then they say, well, how much would it be for you to do all that? <laughs> all right. How about I do this? I shake my ass in front of the camera. You edited it. You create the thumbnails. You do the background work. You do this. And then I say, I take 80%. Okay, I can do that. I take 80% of your income. 80. They'd be like, what? (laughs) 80? Why so high? Because I'm doing all the work. You didn't do shit. Same thing with your OnlyFans. I take 80%. (laughs) Right? That's what I'm going to take off of it. Now, how about... You take 30%, I take 70. I'm telling you, man, they don't want to work. People do not want to work. They don't want to do no damn work. They just want to collect the money. And um, uh, the last point on that is that the most of the work on YouTube is doing the background. This is the easy part. Anybody can click the live button. Anybody can click the live button. Can you entertain? Can you hold people's attention? Can you give information, knowledge? Can you actually... uh? Make people laugh, cry, get angry. Can you do it consistently? Can you do it consistently? Yeah, it's enough to do it one time. It's enough to do it maybe twice a month, three times, four times, maybe eight times a month. Can you do it 25 days a month? And then next month, do the same thing. Then, because you're that's what you're going to have to do. That's what you're going to have to do. Or don't get into social media. Because yesterday's video is dead on arrival next month. Yeah, it was nice. But today, you got to do it again. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Right? Repeat, repeat, repeat. But people don't want to do it. Social media is not the game to go on and just throw some shit out there and then take a break. Unfortunately, if you want to get into this business, you want to get into this side, you got to do it every day. Some of the top social media people, Stream for 12 hours a day. You heard it. Six days a week. The people when you look up and they say, um, um, Kai Sinat, um, um, uh, QVC, XQC. They stream half of their day. And that's just the streaming. <laughs> that's just the streaming. Not, a, not the editing on the background. Not the vlogging that they do. Not the appearances. Y'all don't want to work. Aiden Ross, all of these people, they stream half of their day. And then they edit, and then they have somebody, bruh, y'all don't want to do it. Y'all don't want to do no work. And then, y'all, but y'all want the money. Let me get on back with these contributions. This is the blue chip mindset. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Y'all do one hour of video editing, and you want to pass out. (laughs) Oh, shit. It is what it is. Hey, you. When you do this, this is your life. Or you can keep it as a hobby and be mad at everybody else making the money. 
And or if you ain't going to do the work, you better pay somebody to do the work. All right. Meaning that if you don't do the editing, guess what? Henry Brazilian, you better have somebody else editing live. Right. As you're doing it, they're taking it that let, editing the shit down. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Let's get back into it. Hey, man, every solution you want. And listen, this is not no bootstrap shit because Dr. Thunder is going to get mad at me. If I make it Bruce, it's not bootstrap, but this is just reality. Can some people do it? Well, what about what about that dog? The dog don't do no editing. He make a million dollars a year. You want to be the dog <laughs> that makes the money on YouTube. It's not the it's not an easy game. And matter of fact, let me just say this. God, I'm going off, man. I'm going off. Can I say one more thing? For you people who think social media as a job is going to die. I have another thing to tell you. You're you're so stuck in 2012. I don't even know what to tell you. You're stuck in 2012. These people constantly hoping that technology don't advance. Like mm. what are what's wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? Well, at some point, Instagram going to die and it's going to die. And some point, Facebook going to go kaput. And then all of these social media people going to have to get a job. I, I don't know why you guys do that to yourselves, but you think that if you don't do it and the other people do do it, that you doing it is better than them doing it and it ending. The problem is it's not going to end, <laughs> right? You just take it. You just taking hopium at that point. All oh, y'all going to have to go find jobs. All right. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yep, some people are going to die out. Some people are going to phase out. Some of people are going to have to go find a job. But guess what? They're going to be another platform, another better version of it, uh, one in the metaverse. And the people who get, there's people right now that are doing it, that in five years, you're going to look up and they're going to say, this person got rich in the metaverse. <laughs> you're going to be like, what? And then by the time you figure out how to figure it out, it's going to be too late. They already got it and cornered the fucking market. They cornered it. The market is done. They cornered it. You better figure out another avenue, another niche in that metaverse. They already been doing it. They already been doing it. Just like YouTube. What, what is it? 2023? YouTube came out in 2006. The people who are wealthy on YouTube, many of them got popping in 2010. Many of them got popping doing social media in, in 2010. The people who are now millionaires and making a lot of money, they started their first channel, 2010, 2012, <laughs> 2016. They didn't just pop off in a year. They didn't just pop off. But then, but then you guys want you guys want to pop off on YouTube in 30 days. Why ain't nobody watching my videos? I got a guy I'm mentoring for free. I'm mentoring him. He's putting videos up. He's been putting videos up for about a month. How come nobody watching? Mm. <laughs> Just like, oh, my Lord. I, I got to stop with people, man. Let me keep it going. Sorry, man. Sorry. Let me get all of these contributions. 
Yep. <laughs> Yo, man, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And first of all, you're going to start four channels before your fifth channel pop off. I give people advice like that. I'm like, dude, you're going to start four channels. Shit ain't going to pop off. The fifth channel going to go crazy. That's how YouTube works. You don't go crazy on your first channel, first debut, your first 30 days. It's a very rare chance that you do that. Some people, it happens. But people don't know. I had other channels before Coach Greg Adams' channel. Even though this is my older channel, I had other channels that I was doing editing. Nobody was watching. <laughs> I was doing this and doing that. And as I evolved, I changed Coach Greg Adams' channel, and it became what it was. This was like, I had way more channels, and I still have more channels, and some of them don't pop off. Some of them still struggling. And I'm me. I can literally be like, everybody go over to that channel, and it doesn't work. That's not how YouTube works. I can't leverage this channel against the, the poor performing channels. I got to get the poor performing channels to pop off. It is what it is. But uh, look, let's get to this. But people just want to do no work. You just lazy bums. Choppa says, had to tell my old lady normies will norm. And she says, I wait, she said, what that mean? Normies will norm. All right. Christopher Zen says the term teen was originally a marketing demographic. You are sold everything. People don't realize that you're sold everything. All right. It's a marketing demographic. Teen, teen and teenager is a new word relatively to the rest of the world. And it's only it's only here for marketing purposes. Just know that. All right, thank you, man. Tolu says, keep going, CGA, the internet, Don. I'll be giving facts out here. Zoman says, yeah, coach, I'm 19, been working hard at life since 16. I never bought into the whole 25-year-old thing. That's pure BS. My work ethic is impregnable. Shout out to you, Mike Tyson. All right. Yeah, and um, uh, um, yeah, the whole 25 thing is something that somebody heard. I actually was talking about this years ago, the 25-year-old thing, but now people heard it and they're just saying, okay, my brain doesn't develop to 25. I'll do nothing but party. Blue Pill Pike Shark says, uh, damn, coach, you are, he says, you to starting out Smacky Mouse. I think you mean you are starting out Smacky Mouse. And this is how I teach. I'm not a, I'm not a passionate teacher that's going to tell you positive shit. I teach you hellfire and brimstone, <laughs> right? I be throwing daggers when I teach, all right? And I don't give a shit. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm not going to switch up my delivery to make you feel better about it. All right, I teach hell, fire, and brimstone. I teach doom and gloom. I teach your ass going to be left behind. I don't give a shit, <laughs> right? I give a damn if your ass don't pick up because you catch up slow. I don't give a shit, all right? You better catch up or get left behind. I don't give a damn. What you want me to do? I'm on here for free. You can't tell me how to talk to you. <laughs> Speaking my mind, speaking my mind says you can you can replace money, but you can't replace time. Shout out to you. All right. Christopher Zinn says the first couple or small gaggle of people to make convincing TikToks will make a lot, a ton of money. Indeed. And he says Elon is a defensive uh, defense contractor. Keep that in mind. Well, you got a new, 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 new world order. Yes. There's always the follow the money. Bob says, I love college girls. But it's really addicting. <laughs> right? Porsche specialist says, Coach, I just want to want to clarify rent or mortgage. 
is what you should um, what should be under 30 percent. That allows you to put other living expenses on top of that. And then that's when everything should be under 50 percent. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, appreciate that one right there. Appreciate. So all of your living expenses should be under 50 percent of your take home. Is it take home or gross? Let's clarify that. Christopher Zen says the debtor is the slave to the lender is the Bible verse. The debtor is the slave to the lender. All right. Somebody give us a um, accurate right there. JC says accurate uh, Bible definition there for the group. I can't check it out while I'm streaming. JC says coach gang. He says, I don't have a concussion from the weekend jet ski. Wait, do you, you said you don't have one. Do you have one? I think you says I don't have a concussion for the weekend jet ski crash and I got my teeth fixed this morning. I'm back free drinks from Mastodon's all night barbecue for me. I, I believe you. There's barbecue in there. Do you have a concussion? I'm confused. Henry Resilient. Can we get a money mindset on how to become a live streamer? Good one. And always at the first of the month, I do social media. Uh, my my money mind stream, my money mindset stream. Always the first of the month is about YouTube content creation. Sometimes I'll do a second one during the month, but if you want to join the money mindset, go on to patreon.com backslash coach Greg Adams, go to the $50 level. You can contribute live, watch the money mindset. I post a replay. If you join now, there are some older ones there. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not because YouTube trips. And so I have a problem. We have people invade the private streams. They use them to create content. I have a lot of problems here. Uh, with that so things have to move around periodically don't think that you're going to get all of the videos but there's got to be 50 to 70 videos close to it close to 50 for sure because we've been doing this over a year and if there's something not there just skip all right and then just be like where's this <laughs> and there's older content that's supposed to be there but understand that was on my Coach Greg Adams channel, and some of those videos got deleted by YouTube. Some of them I deleted. Just skip it. Just skip that content. And just there's 100 videos on there. If it ain't there, just skip it. Go to the next one. And I would advise you probably start with the newer things as opposed to the older ones. Porsche Specialist is 50% of your take-home. Gross will have ninjas financing extra BS for sure. Thank you, brother, for that Porsche Specialist. All right. I really, really got to get over to the other ones over here. And uh, we got, who is this? Did I get Miller time? Indeed, I got Vaughn, the Don of Doom. Your thoughts on infinite banking? Shout out to you. I'm going to come back to that because we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Shout out to Juan Primeris. Nurse did zero work. Nurses did zero work, but they'll um, complain about wage gap. Again, most people don't work. Even if they have a job, <laughs> I mean, listen, and then I'll be like, but I didn't get paid. Shout out to uh, El Santo. He says, thank you for the long show, coach. I can't say that. I can't say that. Kevin G says, I stopped editing after four years. That ish was hell. Editing is where you're really going to oof. Editing is it. And uh, if your equipment is bad, <laughs> editing, uh, editors are worth their weight in gold, uh, even if they're even if they're super good at it and it takes them a short period of time, editing is worth their weight in gold. All right. Um, I'm really behind. So let me check Venmo and then I got PayPal. All right. Um, and uh, if you're a shortcut person, I don't know what to tell you. 
Like I've had people call me up, YouTubers. They'll ask me for help. I'm not going to say no names. <laughs> They're like, how do you do this and how do you do that? And I said, well, I invested in a computer. I invested in this. I invested in that. And then when I tell them, they were like, well, I just do, I just do that on my phone. I just do this. And they, they might have an easy way, but it might be not efficient, meaning that you're taking up space. You, you're eventually going to have to get into bigger and better things because efficiency is going to be efficiency is going to be your the difference maker. Right. So good tools for people who are uh, good. Good workers are going to make the difference. So you can say I, I just use a hammer, right? I use a hammer for everything. You can use the front of the hammer, the back of the hammer. I'm going to just use this hammer and then but complain about result results. And I say, well, you could use the hammer, but it's not efficient. That means your work output is going to be uh, restricted to the hammer. It's a good tool. It will get you by. But it's not efficient. What you need to do is invest in efficiency. Right. So that your precision, like your workspace is precision. So people don't want to invest in precision, invest, invest in efficiency, and then they get burned out. <laughs> I'll be like, fuck. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, you can keep using that hammer. But you're going to need something else. You're going to need something else. Or they'll say, well, I can get this version of hammer. Or, okay, or I say, well, you need the wrench. And then I say, well, they say, what wrench do you use? I, okay, I use this wrench. Okay, I can just use this wrench. And they'll go down in quality, down in, it, it's just messed up. But anyway, it's just messed up. I think people don't know what, I, I just don't think they want to invest in themselves. All right, Jesus. Thank you, brothers, for all of these contributions. I'm a little scared here. Shout out to Macaroni Tony. If there's 5011 fish and chicken spots in your neighborhood, it's the ghetto. Get out because Habibi and Rodamez own that spot. Meanwhile, your big mama have been making better meals and better meals than them for decades. And y'all too lazy to franchise her recipes. Jesus. He says, I used to live in fear, afraid. I thought success came with a law of negatives and demonic connotations. I'm going to talk about that. Plot twist. It's evil on both sides. Money doesn't change you. 100%. Mm. He says, also, that I don't see bank trucks at funerals. Mentality is piss poor. 100%. Eugene says, cultural teachings are essential. Last night, when you were talking about how this current generation shouldn't have any reason to be depressed, today's XXs have the power, the full power, to generate massive depression in males. I have firsthand experience. All right. And I think a lot of men are depressed because of how things are turning out with women. There's only, there's a couple ways you can change that. Salif says, coach is right at 9 a.m. I went to shoot around at the park. I saw 13 to 16 year old dudes smoking weed, kissing, grabbing booty. I was shocked. Some of you parents are delusional as F. Yes. Travis says the important thing is to fail forward. You keep trying until you find something that works. Your previous failures were not a waste of time. You were learning. There was no bl blueprint to life. It's a puzzle to figure it out. Fail forward. Let me go to Jericho, Chris Jericho, coach. People don't understand how art is used to put the idea in your head before the technology is released. Frankenstein, which is organ implants, Terminator drones, and AI, Star Trek, casual space travel, ready player one, metaverse. It's coming fast. And they use that to get you ready for it. I agree with that. All right, so we do have two more. Let me do uh, PayPal because 
it's catching up on you. I think this is wisdom. Wisdom. No, this is Triggerverse. I have a theory about the you-know-who. He says the Skittles community, the body positivity camp movement, and the Only Friend squad all have uncontrollable urges, and they consume the most material goods, so they are breeding the next generation to have zero self-control. And shout-out to Wall E. That is another example of them conditioning you to prepare yourself uh, to be who you're going to be. And you're going to do it. You're not going to have any choice to do it. Shout out to Rusted Junk CGA two weeks ago. I had a 49er I hadn't seen since junior high school. Hit me up and we went out Thursday. Greeted me with a big hug and almost knocked me off my step. We went for a walk and then we went to a restaurant, but she said she was broke. So I ended up buying her sodas for the most of us, both of us. I noticed the sagging skin under her neck, her tattoos, and she told me, she was divorced and had a 20-year-old son. In my mind, she would have just been a slow Tuesday if I was bored. The next day, she messaged me a couple of times. I responded back, and she ghosted me. I don't know if it was the fact that I was successful. I showed up in a Mercedes. Who knows? Thank you for your knowledge. Otherwise, I would have fell into another trap. What she wanted, and that's a co-sponsorship, and we'll get back to the show. I'm you, know, you know what she wanted? She wanted you to give her money. On the spot. On the freaking spot. I kid you not. She wanted you to give her money. She was just afraid to act. Ask. She wanted to give you money. All right. She's broke and she wanted to just show up. Think she was going to give you money and you was going to press on her. Maybe give you a little bit of nasty ass blow job. A little stanky leg. All right. She wanted some money. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the current mindset of the divorce generation of women. Let me show you what's going on with them, just so you know, um, as a warning sign. This is the graduate, the graduate of divorce, Tia Maori. Tia Maori has been making the headways, uh, you know, uh, publicizing her divorce, saying that it was a graduation and so forth. And she's still having to deal with the implications. Tia Maori throws up two middle fingers while responding to the hateful comments she has had to deal with since her divorce. She claims to be unbothered. Let's go ahead and take you to the video. That's her sitting there right there. And uh, she's going through a very, very difficult time. I'm just letting you know. She thought she was going to pursue happiness, but what she's getting is there's no happiness nowhere. Let's play the video. Oh, shoot. Hold on for a second. All right. So that's her right there. I'm going to have to turn the song down. So it says right there, uh, she's doing a lot of dancing. Hold on. Let me view it on Instagram. Let me view it on Instagram because I can't turn the music down. And Wait, where did it go? Oh, I found it. All right, so I can't turn the music down on that article. Let's go to this one. I found it. All right, so here we go. Here it is right there. Uh, your, wait, you've mastered the art of being unbothered. This is not true. She's very bothered, all right? She's very bothered, and she's now proceeded to now, uh, you know, this is a nice skirt. She does have a nice set of legs there, but she's also struggling. She's struggling to find mates. Remember, she was like, I'm going to find the love of my life. <clears throat> this is all delusion. All right. So she's in the delusion and people are calling her out on it and she can't deal with it. I'm going to just be unbothered, a.k.a. I'm going to just ignore reality. I'm going to just ignore reality and act like this singing and dancing is going to be the answer. See, this is all just this is all just her acting like it's not bothering her right now. Mm. Right. She's struggling after she stopped editing this video. By the way, she prepared herself to record this video. She had to get dressed and pick out the skirt, pick out the top, 
put her makeup in. She had to do a lot of preparation for this what? Eight, section, eight seconds of wiggling around. As I said, women can make a whole life out of eight seconds, not even talking on social media. Okay, have you noticed this? They won't even talk in the video, <laughs> right? They won't give you no information. They won't kick no knowledge. They won't improve your life. You just wasted time seeing looking at her wiggling, <laughs> right? She'll just be like this. And the songs playing in the background, she'll just be like. The entire video was eight seconds. <laughs> this is how they think they're going to get famous on social media. This is how a nobody woman thinks she's going to get famous. Yeah, your videos are going to get watched, but can you monetize that? That's going to be the difficulty. So uh, let's go on to the next one here. This is the current mindset of American women trying to find happiness after destroying their family. This is going to be another one, and I don't know what happened to her, but here we go right here. Be conscious of this. This is supposed to be a bar scrolling across the screen here, how women suffer in divorce. Um, Here it is right here. Jana Kramer, don't know who the hell she is, but she just released a book about finding happiness after, after divorce. What is the title? The next chapter. The next chapter. Ninja. Look, they be out here. <laughs> They be out here causing the shit and they're, then they graduate and start the next chapter. But yet you roll the dice. You roll the dice. <laughs> you roll the dice. They went out, got the financial windfall, and then they're still not happy. So now we're just going to start the next chapter. If you got married to a woman and you knew she would have a next chapter, would you marry her? Listen, because people might say, hey, after your divorce, you developed the free agent lifestyle. Yeah, my divorce was a, I didn't cause the calamity. All right. That wasn't the intention going in. All right. But women are going, hey, start her husband. The next chapter. The pivot. Soft girl error. All right. They just destroy the whole thing. Move on. Ah, graduated. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. All right. I just graduated. And then it says, uh, once I started believing that I deserved happiness, I'm not happy. <laughs> one of the weakest, one of the weakest things I see in the humanity, I see a lot of them, is this happiness bullshit. There's, there's like this thing where you guys deserve a state of happiness. What kind of cope is this shit? The only thing that matters in life is happiness. Really? How about surviving? Surviving doesn't matter. You want to be happy? <laughs> like, I deserve, you actually don't deserve any damn thing. I'm just letting you know. Like, who told you you deserved anything? And what the hell is happiness? This is just a, what they're saying is they're trying to reach something that doesn't exist. You guys do this all your life. By the way, and I don't want to burst any bubbles. I'm about to burst some bubbles. It's going to be a long ass show. You guys start your life off with this bullshit. And you can blame your parents. But this is all kind of ritual and culture. First thing you do when you get any level of consciousness and memory, your parents hit you with pagan holidays in which there's a mystery, something that gives you some sort of reward that you deserved or you were worked for. You were a good boy. And then the mystery pagan God comes down and sprinkles you with shit. And you carry that on into young adulthood. When you start getting horny, then the then, then Cupid 
or some damn disgraceful ass former Greek god is flying around. Some sort of astrology is aligning where they're going to sprinkle on you love and shit. Right. You go from that. And then that get, you the pagan holiday thing's been destroyed already because you found out nobody came down the chimney and you were like, oh. but then the love God shows up. And their connection, God, and somebody. And so you go into that. Then you go into the religion. Then you go into the religion. And I know people are going to be appalled. All of these religions are new. In the course of our evolutionary human history, all these are new. This is a new sprinkle, God. I'm going to be saved. Ah, when I die, I'm going to go to a special place. Whatever. There's never no shit right here. Then it goes into adulthood. I just want to be happy. Like the happy God shows up. Here comes the happy God. There's a permanent state of utopian happiness. Why can't y'all never lean on those real shit right here? <laughs> All you do is remix it and it goes to the next little thing. And most people are still, you know how many, you know how many years you've wasted? You know how many years you've wasted trying to manifest the perfect man to come in your life, ladies? And that man's going to deliver you happiness and goods and this and this. Then when you're single and you leave him after he doesn't show up with the happiness bag, you jump out to the next chapter, you graduate. Then you wait for the another man on the white shining horse to come down. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you people? But look, Normie's going to Normie. I, you guys do what you want to do. I don't want to burst your bubble. The secret to this is right here. There's no entitlement. There's no, there's no deserve. Sometimes you can win by being born in the right family. Sometimes you can lose. But it's all right here. That's where it is. But you put your faith in all of these other things. And the rewards cannot be promised. And oftentimes you put your faith there and nothing happens the entire time. It's absolutely crazy that people don't figure out it's within you. And there's no permanent state of happiness. There's none. Rich ain't going to make you happy. And when we talk about how you scare yourself out of being rich, you assume rich means happy. Doesn't. You assume then we'll say, well, being average and common is happier than rich people. That's cope. And it's false. I just showed you all the commoners and the average and the middle class people who are dying in debt right now. In fact, debt and slavery goes hand to hand with average and common. All right. There's no happiness there. None at all. What you need to probably do is follow the yellow brick road to be able to see what's behind that screen. What's behind that damn curtain. That's where you're going to find your happiness. And even there, there's no permanent state of happiness. But what you will find is yourself. You will be like, you know what? I put all of that faith and trust in all of these things, and it mostly disappointed. That's why people are chasing happiness, because they've been disappointed all of their lives. You know why? They haven't had it from within. They waited. They waited to not do the work, and they actually leaned on the prayers. The prayers didn't bring it to them, and now they're sitting there wondering what happened. There is no happiness. Just like there's no wizard. I mean, there's no overlord watching you. George Carlin style. There's no overlord watching you. I'm not saying don't be spiritual, but they ain't watching you. You're not that important. 
You think you're important and you think you deserve. Nobody's paying attention to you. Nobody's paying attention to you. Nobody's judging you to see what you're going to get in your reward in the afterlife. If you want to believe that, have at it. What matters is here and now. That's what matters. What's in the here and now? What are we doing today? What's going to be happening tomorrow? CGA is the overlord, but CGA is the overlord of CGA. The government watching you, yeah, they definitely doing that. New, 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 new world order. But everybody seems to believe that there's some happiness out here that they're missing. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. You know what you're missing? Opportunity. You're missing out on opportunities trying to chase this mystical happiness. And you're the ones that are most disappointed. You're the ones that most disappointed. Have you noticed that? The most disappointed people are the people who are out here chasing happiness. Now, when I'm out here going, well, I ain't happy and I ain't sad. They tell me I ain't happy. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, well, I wasn't trying to be happy. But let's continue, man. I wasn't trying to be. I don't think that's very important in the grand scheme of things. But anyway, let's get to the next one. Speaking of here, women in divorce, take a look at Derek Jackson's wife, Dania, Dania, whatever her name is, Denier Jackson, is charging women thousands of dollars to coach them through infidelity. She just recently came onto a podcast, talked about all the infidel infidelity nature of her previous guy who sold women happiness, sold women delusion, only to have been the man that, you know, all the men that he talked about happened to be him. So he was very good and well-versed at uh, what a non-real man was. And um, now she's a she's an infidelity coach, I suppose. Now, I'm all for a person's hustle. I have no problem with this. This is a free market. Ladies, do what you want. But this is a definitely what laid out plan here. Of some charging payments, infidelity recovery boot camp. Infidelity recovery boot camp. Well, this should sell a lot. 40 days and 40 nights of healing from having your man, your successful man, penetrate other women. By the way, she admitted that she knew he was penetrating other women. So this isn't infidelity. She agreed to have shared this man. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the time. Man, we gone out here as a society. It's not coming back the way you want it. The 1990s is dead. Right? It's gone. Relationships, marriage. Like, like we, we've entered into a new world. We've entered into a brave new world here. Now we have infidelity coaches. I sent it. I sent it. Let's go to the next one here. Last is this the last two? We're going to get on this message here. All right. Oh, we got. Man, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Uh, a MMA fighter named Mackenzie Dern. Remember, the laws will never change, gentlemen. Until women become victims of what men have been for decades. So now you have an MMA fighter who here, single mother, but primary earner, Mackenzie Dern, ordered to pay $4,000 per month plus $10,000 of court fees to her ex-husband. Yes. Realize that the family court is primarily victimized men, primarily, but the family court don't discriminate. Family court is about money. 
So yes, there are female victims out here. And when they become more prevalent, you're going to see a big change. You're going to first, you're going to first of all, see women say, I ain't never getting married. I actually showed you that a very wealthy women saying, nah. Okay. Even Cardi B filed for divorce from uh, her rapper husband. And it was very apparent. She had more money than him. Now they end up getting back together, but she was like, nah, I need to cut the strings now. And so let me see here. Hard fought custody battle. Oh, that's a hard fought battle. But let me go down to the things right here. During a recent interview, it says the 30 year old fighter bravely opened up about another fa uh, phase of the, her legal troubles with her ex-husband during reveal. She had filed a domestic violation order against the ex-husband. Yes, it didn't work. They tried everything. Abuse excuse. Abuse excuse. Guys, here's my philosophy on domestic violence. It's not a family court issue. If you bring it up during the divorce, it should be tossed the fuck out. Toss it out. Now, I'm not saying not honor people's domestic violence or whatnot. It should not be a family court proceeding. It should be a criminal court proceeding. It should not be the reason why, okay, I'm getting divorced. I need to fall out the window and get custody of my kids, get the house in the bag. What it should be is that should be a separate proceeding where they go to the criminal court and argue that shit out. Give me the evidence. Give me the jury trial. Give me all of that shit. One judge shouldn't be up there sitting there signing off. Okay, domestic violence. Okay, you get the house, the car, the kids, the what? But no. Why do the domestic violence always show up when the divorce shows up? It's strategy. It's all it is is strategy. So she tried to use that shit and employ the abuse excuse because it often re requires no evidence. <laughs> right zero evidence is just an intimidation and then when asked if he physically abused oh wait and when asked if a physical abuse was the reason for the ending of the marriage she responded yeah i mean like yeah yeah i mean like yeah mm -hmm. family for me is the most important so i stayed in my relationship i stayed in my relationship because i believed in family and i was getting beat up every day yeah right 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 she didn't even answer the question i'm gonna i'm gonna read this is physical abuse the reason for ending your marriage? This is her response. Yeah, I mean, like family for me, it was the most important. So I stayed in my relationship like because I believed in family and I believe that there were, uh, that's what God wanted and stuff. But there's a certain point in life when you try, try, try and things don't change. And it's just like keep getting worse and worse. All right. Let me sum up a video of what that answer looked like. <laughs> For the ladies that are watching, let me tell you what the answer should have said. Let me ask the question again. Was physical abuse the reason why you got divorced? Yep, he used to beat the shit out of me. There were five days specifically in which I recorded him in a rage and he put me in a suplex and the, the, the chicken wing crossface. In fact, there was one time he hit me with the DDT out of nowhere. And then he put me in the figure four leg lock on February 12, 20 and 2022. 20, and then one time in front of my kids, he whipped me into the rope and gave me the big boot. Then he dropped the elbow on me and then he hooked the leg and he pinned me one, two, three. That's what that's what it should sound like. <laughs> he put me in the full Nelson and the Miz. He hit me with the um, he hit me with the uh, skull crushing finale. 
And then on this day, that's that's what the answers would sound like. Did he remove this elbow pad and he threw it into the audience of my kids while watching? He crossed his arms like this. Then he ran and bounced off both sides of the rope. And then he hit me with that's what physical abuse is. <laughs> she didn't answer none of that. Yeah, well, like I believed in God and I believe and I worked through it and I stayed stay through what? They be out there lying they ass off. All right. That's not specific. She dodged and shuffled in case in that case, throw it out, throw it out or take it to civil court. I mean, criminal court, take it to the criminal courthouse, get them arrested. If physical abuse indeed played a part in the, the divorce, then after that, settle the divorce over here. Because he's going to be proved not guilty. Beyond a reasonable doubt, I'm sure. So then you can't go over there and they'll get the cash and prizes. So what end up happening to her? I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Santos denied. Oh, he denied the abuse allegation. Of course he did. And claimed to be a victim himself. Of course. Oh, check this out. See, this is right here. This is what I'm talking about right here. This is how to respond to abuse. <laughs> this is how to respond to the abuse. So the husband denied the abuse use allegation by the woman and claimed to be a victim himself, providing video and photo evidence of a bloody nose allegedly caused by Dern. He also accused Dern of beating their daughter, citing a video she sent him. That is it. That's how you clear up abuse right there. I don't mean to show the kid. He literally said, oh, no, she was the one doing it to me. In fact, what did I tell you? I got video, photo, and a video she sent. That's abuse. That, that's how you clear up the abuse bullshit. Well, I believe and I believe. <laughs> and guess what happened to her as a result? She got her pockets picked, trying to go up in the courtroom with the abuse excuse. And then she turned him. He hit her with the Uno reverse and got paid. I got money. Now, I don't like people fighting over child support. I don't. I don't care if it's male or female. <laughs> okay. All right. And so, guys, man, this is the this is the crazy shit. This is the crazy shit that people have to deal with. So she tried to go in there, file, and then she got her ass penalized because she's the primary earner. All right, last one, and then, uh, oh, last two. I'll go through it quickly. Uh, Philippines. The Philippines. Looks like the Philippines is getting ready to try to get divorce on the docket. As you guys know, Philippines does not have divorce. They're a Catholic country. And so a lot of people that you guys go over there in the Philippines and mess with, many of them are married because they start young. Many of them are single mothers. So, um, you know, this is undeniable, undeniable facts. They don't have divorce. So, so some women um, can't even um, get divorced and the husband ain't even there anymore. They've been they've been away from that man and the baby's father for for a decade. But they are now wanting to be free. I'm going to read just one sentence here because I'm really behind. Um, it says right here, it says right here, the legal process is slow and expensive. Cases can cost as much as $10,000 or more in the country plagued by poverty with no guarantee of success. And some people seeking the fast results who fall for online scams. All right. And so here you go right here. She has a legal battle began in 2012. She tried to cancel her marriage, alleging uh, psychological incapacity. I don't even know what that is. Then she had, after five years, $3,500 in legal fees. A judge finally agreed, and she's a domestic worker. However, the 
the they overturned it. They appealed it. The decision overturned it and so forth and so on. So Philippines is usually one of the places where people go to find traditional wives. All right. But they are plagued by not women not able to get divorced. They're plagued by single motherhood. They're plagued by pookies, Filipino pookies who impregnate women and bounce with no penalty. No penalty at all. But now you're seeing a what you call a re revolution. And so this revolution also coincides with a lot of y'all ninjas going over there, <laughs> right? So uh, just know that Philippines used to be a safe harbor to go find somebody traditional and settle down with it, all that shit, and marry them and knock them up traditional-wise. Well, they're putting divorce on the document. All right, on the docs. Last one, Tennessee bill would make it illegal to falsely accuse someone of being a baby daddy. Mm. Reporting from Memphis. Oh, man, Memphis. Ladies, Memphis, they're trying to catch up. Them white Republicans, what, where them fake Martin Luther King guy at on this one? Where that fake-ass Martin Luther King guy? You know who I'm talking about, that Tennessee representative. He switched from a white suburban college guy to Martin Luther King. Where he at on this bill? He's quiet as a church mom. <laughs> but look at this. Memphis, stand up, Tennessee. With, I, listen, I always tell you, paternity fraud is overwhelmingly not illegal. But this is a big one right here. A bill introducing the Tennessee General Assembly will make it a crime to falsely accuse someone of being a child's parent. The bill was originally introduced into the legislation by Antonio Parkinson from Memphis, who represents part of Shelby County. Parkinson introduced it to the Tennessee House on January 18th. And Senator John Lundberg of Bristol, Tennessee, Brought it to the state Senate on January 23rd. The bill, known as HBO 253 and SBO 331, passed the state Senate unanimously on March 20th. The bill would make it a misdemeanor when a person commits parentage fraud. Hello. We need this federal, baby. This is the closest that you're going to get to mandatory DNA. Hello, praise the Lord. The laws are changing. Parentage fraud, as defined in the bill, occurs when a person seeks to legally establish the individual as the biological parent of the child in the person's custody with the intent to deprive the parent or the person of property or to prevent the child's actual biological father from exercising parental rights to the child under the bill parentage fraud could also be when someone seeks to be legally established as a child's parent and the person knows or should reasonably know that they are not the child's biological parent that seems very rare this might be a stepfather there are exceptions laid out in the bill which can be read here so shout out to tennessee tennessee i think this is a very positive step of course there's going to be um uh, gives and takes. It's going to be things, pros and cons. Antonio Parkinson from Memphis. Shout out to him who represents Shelby County. We need this bill. All right. Shout out to the daddies out there. Shout out to the pappies. I'm happy. This is a positive step for men and so forth and so on. Men are primarily the ones abused. I think there's a little parental alienation in that bill too. Okay. There's a little parental alienation in that bill, if you did not catch it, um, where they're uh, restricting the other parent of property to financially benefit. There's a little bit of that in that law. So I want to commend them 
for that, for putting that forward. We need more, more, more of that. Al Pacino. And then we'll get to the Super Chats and then the main event. Al Pacino at the Junior College. Gentlemen, we always say it's later greater. We always say it's never too late. This is a little late in the game, but my ninja out here knocking up 20-year-olds, right? 20-year-olds. Al Pacino's girlfriend, eight-month pregnant. I'm 81 and still going strong. Guys, this is a man who has had wealth. He looks like the damn werewolf of London, though. Ladies, can you see yourself letting this dude huff and puff and push and shove on you? Good Lord. Ladies, man. Hey, women do not have to be. Women do not. Guys, you do not have to be attractive to get no poo nanny. <laughs> Gentlemen, you do not have. The idea that you got to be six feet tall. Right. This is only on ability to get in and talk to a woman. But when it comes down to it. Money is the great equalizer. I got money. As long as you got some money, you in the game. <laughs> you don't have to have abs, Ninja. You don't have to be six foot tall. Now, listen, when you're young, yeah. When you're young, yeah. Because you all broke. So when all people are broke, yeah, it's relative. It's going to come down to that. But money and status, I think, trumps all the time. I got money. Over the long haul, it's always money and status. Look at this old. Wooden teeth ninja. This ninja guy, man, this is allegedly got wooden teeth. Yikes. Ladies, are you are you this down bad? Ladies, have you noticed, guys, if you ever have any money, you become very attractive to women. Women be like, I see great things about you. You're so handsome. <laughs> women be telling me I'm handsome as hell. You're super handsome and you're nice. Uh, go to locals. You'll find out. All right. Let's get into the news here. Al Pacino's uh, rep just responded to our inquiry, confirmed the story. According to TMZ, uh, Roberto De Niro's got nothing on Al Pacino. The 83-year-old actor's girlfriend is a month away from giving birth, multiple sources tell TMZ. Nor Alfala, Alfala, nor... Uh, this ninja, he looking like at... <laughs> he looking like at Weekend at Bernie's. Knocking up 20-year-olds, bro. What did Tony Montana say? First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. <laughs> First you get the money. He told you. He told you back then in the 1980s. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. All right, this nigga. Wait, how are now I didn't slip. I'm, I'm good for one slip per show. He looking like Weekend at Bernie's. And he able to get 20-year-old Punani with relative ease. Not even doing it. He can't even look like he can finish the job. My Lord. He don't even know who hugging on him out right now. What is going on with this dude? All right, let's get to the story. Uh, Nor Alfala is eight months pregnant. Our sources say the 29-year-old has been linked to Pacino since April 2022. Let's continue. Al has three children from two different women. He a baby daddy out here. Tell him. Get him, daddy. Two with Beverly D'Angelo and one with Jan Tarrant. She looking like a gordita right here. And he looking happy he at the junior college. Somebody said it may not be his kid. Yeah, this is true, too. All right, let's go down. Uh, Nor has had previous relationships with Mick Jagger and billionaire Nicholas 
Bergrani. I don't even know what to call it. This is the same woman with Mick Jagger in 2018. Damn. Damn. I mean, she good looking and all, but I mean, she very average. I mean, like just she must know how to do something. She must know how to do something. Pacino would be 101, God willing, when the child turns 18. Albie, 79-year-old Robert De Niro, who just had a baby with Tiffany Chin. Sheesh. I don't think we intend, our philosophy doesn't intend for this to go down, but... I'm just letting you know anything's possible with men. Ay, ay, ay. So this one, this, you talk about monkey branching. Yikes. This this woman right here, bro. Oh, man, Lord have mercy. This this is, I don't even know what to believe about this story. I think she's finessing the shit out of him. I mean, it is what it is. But, hey, she must be very, very, she might be a good woman, y'all. Um, um, yeah, the junior college is not intended for this type of activity, but, uh, you know, guys, it's never too late. hundred percent. I, I don't imagine he's clapping cheeks very good and effectively, but, uh, that's neither or none of my business. Let's get to the super chats and I got to catch up on PayPal's. Ay, ay, ay. Hey guys, when you're, if you're in a certain position, you hey guys abundance when it comes to women is certainly achieved. At some point when you get a certain place in life, let me continue. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to, I hope to not be that guy. I showed you a video last night of a guy. He popped into a young girl's DMs. She was bored. She had nothing else to do. The guy was in his fifties and sixties, had a whole family with her. She was in her, her late teens, early twenties. Das Token says video games and Netflix are a huge waste of time. Young men really spend 10 hours on the gaming daily. They will, will they're willingly opting and for poverty, shout out to you. I often say, man, I, I don't mind gaming. Enjoy your games. But a lot of times you guys are doing it. And I say, well, why don't you why don't you make something of it? Right. I'm always like, why don't you make content out of it? That's kind of where my mind goes. And then you can enjoy playing it. You might even make let's just say you had a small viewership and you made uh, 60 bucks playing games. It's very easy to do. I do it <laughs> like I can make 60 bucks playing video games if I wanted to. I haven't because I don't have no job. And I suck at games. I suck. But you can definitely make a couple hundred bucks playing the game. Why don't you do that? But anyway. Um, Mr. B says, Coach is spot on. I joined the Army at 17. I was sergeant by 20. And went on to become a second lieutenant at 23. I was platoon leader in the 82nd Airborne Division, leading men 18 to 40. I never learned on the, I never leaned on the, I'm too young to be responsible BS. That mindset is a crutch. Gentlemen, you must be responsible. Identify the playing field and adapt and overcome. Shout out to them, all my paratroopers out here, my army rangers. And he says, airborne all the way. Shout out to you, brother, and thank you for your service. And one more thing, guys, you don't have to do what he's doing. One of the coaches, the people being scared and successful, they go, oh, I don't want to go to war or army. Okay, don't go to army then. <laughs> okay. Guys, go. To, you don't have to do it like him. But doing nothing is not in a response. 
Triggerverse says, coach the Netflix show, Black Mirror is a script for the tech future. One example they talked about was how you could delete people from your site from a chip in your brain. Whew. That definitely will be here. And it might take 50 years for that to be here. Just, just understand, um, when did Demolition Man come out? When did Demolition Man come out? Demolition Man came out in 1991-ish, 1991, okay? So it's been 30 years. You can't tell me we're not doing what Demolition Man is doing. There's several clips in that movie that you're watching Demolition Man and you're going, shit. <laughs> There's several clips. There's the one about cursing in public, right? Thought police. Everything was about the thought police. Then there was the sex scene. There was the sex scene. <laughs> where the sex scene, the woman was like, hey, let's have sex, right? They were going to have sex. And she was like, hold on. Then she got the headset. And they sat across from each other. They sat across from each other. And they stimulated each other through a device. That's exactly what we're doing today with dating apps, number one. Number two, they, they talked about VR and goggles. Number three, um, um, the, um, the reason why they did that was because of Me Too laws. Like it was just improper to uh, talk. And they, people weren't comfortable with talking to each other and, 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 and touching each other because of uh, what that represented. So we, we had a sexual assault culture where people stimulated each other. They had to be apart from each other to have sex. Man. Yeah, people got offended by cursing. I'm sitting there like, bro. <laughs> so that's exactly where we are today. So, um, and that was, uh, I don't even know what year. What year was Demolition Man supposed to represent? Oh, they have, they have Rainbow reading Rainbow. They have reading Rainbow. Yep, OnlyFans. Think about how we're stimulating each other. Pornography through our phones. We're stimulating ourselves in the absence of a partner. Even if the partner's there, it's some sort of weird bump off. It was supposed to be 2050. No, it was here. Yeah, so it's supposed to be in the in the year 2050. Yeah, bro. Yep. Cyber sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. These few these movies, man, they be setting you up for it. 2032 was the movie. 2032 was the movie. Thank you guys for clearing that up. Shout out to Trigger first. Taco Bell is the new McDonald's. Yeah, we're seeing this ha happen, man. VR virtual virtual reality. Yeah, I know people would think, nah, I'm a Ready Player One. Have you seen Ready Player One? So these things are script. I actually talked about this about 1984. Is that a script or is that a predictor? Is that a is that a cautionary tale or is that a is that basically telling you what we're going to do? I oftentimes think about that. If you never read the book 1984, um, sometimes people can say, oh, this guy predicted the future. I think it's a script. I think they were telling you this is what we're going to do to you. And they just lighten it up as some sort of conspiracy theory. Right. Right. Or is it which is just somebody just so good they predicted it. All right, shout out to Triggerverse. He says there was a video game called Fallout, and one of the places that you would go housed a group of people connected to pods living in the metaverse, robots taking care of their real-world bodies. Yeah. 100%, guys. This is all predictive programming. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is, and it's not going back. We're not going back to the good old days. 
one of the reasons why we're not going to go back is because you've been accustomed to what this technology affords you, right? So you would have to, in order to go back, you would have to give get everybody to give up the technology. As long as you're not willing to give it up, then they can proceed going forward. So you wanted to go back to the 1990s, get rid of your smartphone. You would have to give everybody in mass to get rid of it. Get rid of your social media. Stop using it. That's the only way to stop it. But when, when I get to the why you're scared to be rich and successful, the reason why is you want things to be the way you want it, but you want to carry everything with you. You want to carry these things. You want to carry the new things that you've been addicted to and you like and gives you comfort and reward. You want to carry that with you and then you want to actually rise above. Can't do it. Can't do it. You want to go back to the 90s? We didn't have cell phone and or social media. Ladies, you want a relationship. A lot of men don't want their wives or girlfriends to have social media accounts. You believe that man is insecure and that you can live in a relationship where there's social media. When in fact, almost 30% of divorces come from social media activity of some sort. And don't quote me on the numbers, but it's it's high. The reasons why relationship breaks up is usually over some social media shit from one side or the other. But you want a good relationship. Sorry. If you want it bad enough, you could be willing to give it up, but you don't. So you want to be successful in the face of not giving something up. You want to carry this shit into, I'm sorry. Hey, when we talk about getting successful, that's one of the reasons why you're not successful is you want to carry all the good things and the creatures of comfort, the things that keep you happy, family, friends, uh, drug use, alcohol, partying, and then you want to be successful on top of that. Got to give up something. Shout out to Nooski says, brung a girl to five guys and got peanuts with a burger. Then she went off on me talking about she had a peanut allergy and I should throw them away. Messed up the whole vibe. I couldn't even enjoy some peanuts. Without this drag complaining, definitely cut her off. Yep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are one of these hypochondriac-ass people who, for some reason, you, you can't eat wheat or peanuts or uh, you don't want to eat, you can't eat fish and you don't want to eat steak, stay to hell from people who do want to eat that shit. Now, I'm not saying what you should and shouldn't eat, but if you're vegan, do not date nobody who's a normie-eating carnivore. Don't do it. You're unequally yoked, right? You're not, you're not going to work out. This shit is going to be a source of frustration. Do not eat it. Do not date a junk food junkie if you are a health nut. If you're a, a, veg, a, what is it, a veterinarian, <laughs> if you're a vegetarian and this ninja like to eat on pork and swine, stay away from each other. You got peanut allergies. And I like to eat peanut butter. Stay away. Stop bringing your bullshit into my life. I don't care about your peanut allergy, <laughs> right? If you're a if you're a um, if you're a uh, alcoholic and a lush and stay up all night smoking weed, weed and vaping, do not date a straight edge person, <laughs> right? I'm straight edged. I'm typically a straight edge person. I socially drink and I do cigars. All right, but I don't be drinking every day and I ain't lushing. And no, partying don't make me happy, right? 
I'm miserable at parties. I'm miserable at night, at, at nightclubs. I'm miserable at night, sniggling, walking around, laughing, and, and acting like we, I'm miserable. If you're like that, don't try to make the other person like that. You know, you will be happy going out with me. No, I'm not. Listen, I don't want to be out there like that. I don't like to do this. Well, you just ain't gone out with me. No, I've gone out with a lot of people. We have fun. That shit ain't fun to me. Throwing up in an Uber, being lost out in the wilderness at 2 in the, in the morning, trying to figure out where I park my car. Man, I just want to stay home. Ninjas getting hit by drunk drivers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girls grabbing your booty. I got to fight you. I got to fight a drunk ass Neanderthal. This is not fun. Listening to loud ass music so loud that at 2 a.m. my ears are ringing when I walk out. Waking up the next day with a massive headache. Okay. At noon the next day, I done wasted the whole Saturday now. I don't want to be there. I didn't want to be there from the beginning. Getting pulled over for drunk driving. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep, cigarettes all in my clothes. Hair smell, clothes smelling like Denny's and cigarette. Come on, man. No, I, I don't want that. Picking up my car Saturday afternoon because I left it over here and we had to take an Uber back home. Now I got to remember where I left my car. I don't want to do it. Then my car's towed by the time I get back. Oh, I didn't realize the car was going to be towed. This shit is not fun. I go out, have fun. <laughs> I go out and have fun. But every time I walk past women, they doing this. Like I'm going to talk to them and harass them and cold approach them. I'm just going to the bathroom, ma'am. You don't have to act like I was just going to. I'm just I'm just walking to the bathroom. <laughs> right. I don't want to be made to feel like this. Paying for $25 drinks and shit. <laughs> all right. All night, I got to wait for women just trying to dodge. and do I'm just going to the bathroom. Can you get out of my way? I was on the dance floor. You're in the way. Got my way. You know what I mean? Like, you ever do that? You just walking around and there's some woman that you go walk up to them, like walk up to them and talk and they already on guard. And I'm like, I just... Ma'am, can you step to the side? Like, wait a minute. Who are you? All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jay Cool says, Coach, thanks for the hard work. One question. Would subscribing to YouTube for $10 a month help you as well as others, although you are demonetized? Subscribing to you? Uh, oh, no, it wouldn't help me. No, 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 no. I don't get any, I don't get any YouTube membership either. I get zero fees. All right, uh, I, I do need a couple of super chats and I got to move on. Where are we at here? JC says, uh, no, you had a concussion. He says, but the way you read, that makes me think you got one joke. But I'm buying speak and spells for you, Ninja. No, nah, man, it's the way y'all type. Don't don't blame it on me. Don't blame it on me, man. Y'all be trying to make something. It made sense when you typed it. But then you mad at me. Notorious NIG, that Memphis paternity bill is called HBO 253 because they want to HBO help a brother out. Shout out to you. Big Thriller says, hey, coach, the other day, a girl I've been messing with jokingly said, hey, I got things to buy. So if you want to pay for the peace leave, 
Wow. Yes. Do you guys know? Do you guys know how you guys don't know, do you? How much your girl, the women, you know, selling Punani. I predicted this in my book. I've been telling you they're going to be selling Punani like crazy. I said this in 2018 and they were already doing it. But I was like, it's going to be normal. It's going to be normal. Like it's normalized now. They selling Punani like girls are just they don't have no shame, none. And if you are not dealing with girls under 29, I mean, 25, and you're you, you're not seeing it. They go in, they just no shame. They be like, well, you know, I'm just rents due, you know, your rents due, motherfucker. Somebody wants to ask me how many of them are doing it. Ninja, what do I look like? The U.S. Census Bureau. But Gen Z is on some other shit. They are not. These are your future wives. They have no shame. They are going out there with people they know, people they don't know. They don't give a fuck. Dude, I know dudes go out to the nightclub. He cold approached the girl. She bite. They go back to the crib. She like, that'll be 500. They only see things. They see sexual. It's, it's, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. But I can't even tell you. He says, we need proof ski. CoachGregAdams.Locals.com. CoachGregAdams.Locals.com. You'll see all the proof you need. <laughs> okay. If you think I'm lying here and you ain't popped over there, I got even my haters popping over there. My haters are popping over there, making content out of my private videos. That's all right. You still paid, didn't you? Okay. Going out there. Going out there. Put it out there. I don't give a shit. Go into my private stream. All right. But look, it is what it is. The proof is right over there. He want free proof again. So, girl, I do. Uh, somebody just mentioned another story. I, I'm seeing it in my real life. All right. They have no shame. None. Shout out to Bob says it may not be his kid. Referring to Al Pacino and uh, Plumber the Pilot. Last one here. Then I'm going to move on. Shout out to you for the contribution. Wait, wait, that's not the one. Where is the contribution there? All right. He says the ending of your show yesterday was one of the best. I was homeless after my divorce five years ago. Now I rebuilt myself. I'm going monk mode for over the year, over the next year to finish my certifications to fly commercial airlines. Thank you for your work, plumber to pilot. And flying planes is a pure joy. Congratulations to you. And yes, my man was homeless after his divorce five years ago. And he's already, he's already um, uh, now figured out that he needs to go back within himself, reinvent himself, become what? A commercial pilot. And he's doing it and he's on his path. Congra congratulations. Roberto Moreno, CGA is your locals content called CGA Roski. Go. It is a little more raw. I curse over there. I'll be dropping whatever over there. All right. But um, it's raw. It's the raw version. And matter of fact, the more people put out the raw version of CGA, the more people are going to like it. All right. Because they see me cursing. They like CGA cursing. CGA saying this. I want that. Go into my coach. Please do me a favor to my free marketing team. Keep putting it out there. More people are going to come over here and pay a ninja. All right. You're going to make me the money because people are going to be like, I want to see that. And you can tell the difference between my private content and my public content. 
Okay. My private content, nothing's lit up in the background. So people are wondering where they can find it. There's no lights in the background. The TV is off. I have a hat on, sometimes glasses on. All right. And uh, you can tell when they pay for my private content and they promote me for free. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> hey, shout out to y'all. Eric. I got to get paid somehow. I got money. He says, coach sound like Bobby Knight on, on, on locals. Yep. I curse. I'm raw. I'm raw. A little bit more raw. All right. And so uh, anyway, it's not a fedora. It's more like a baseball cap. All right. But uh, anyway, I do that on purpose because I know people do this. And so I distinguish my content from my on-air content so you can see that it's different. All right. But anyway, uh, and then when they do it, they are going to my private content to push it out to the public to try to embarrass me. But it always backfires. All right. It always backfires. Then you get people to come over. They, they like, I want to see that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Free. I do. I'm telling you, free marketing team is a real deal. I appreciate the free marketers out here. Keep doing what you're doing. At the end of the day, CGA is going to be the best thing that happened to, to YouTube. You can't. Un, it's undeniable. <laughs> it's undeniable. People, I got what people want to hear. All right. Thank you for my free marketing team. All right. Uh, Candace says. Love the, that message last night, Coach. Both of my grandpas, oh, your grandmothers were sharecroppers. Had babies in the field, no access to hospitals, worked until they died, getting cheated on by their husbands, still provided, and paid off their home. Shout out to the ladies here and appreciate you. I got to ask one thing, ladies. Why are y'all so mad when y'all man go get some punani from another woman? Why are y'all so mad? Like, why y'all want to make that the basis of a breakup? I know y'all going to be like, but when, if I cheated, yeah, if you cheated, there's a lot of consequences that's going to happen to me and my family. All right. I don't need to be taking care of another man's baby. <laughs> People go, women are mad now. All right, let's get back to the message here. I don't want to piss y'all off. All he did was go get some little, he got a little bit of trim. He just got a little bit of trim. In fact, it's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, ladies, I'm going to give you all a secret. The men are going to hate me for this, but I got to tell you the truth. I'm a truthful guy. Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. When your husband comes home doing nice things for you, hi, honey. Oh, my God. Give me a big hug. I love you. Here's some flowers. Chocolates, candy, lingerie draws. Why don't you go out and have some fun? Why don't you go to girls' nights out tonight? I'll stay home with the kids. You know what? I'm going to go take a shower real quick, and I'm going to be back, and I'm going to give you more love and more kisses. You come back in, hug her from behind as she's cooking dinner. I love you. You know what just happened? He said, don't tell him, coach. All right, all right. I won't tell him. <laughs> I won't tell him. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you figure it out. I'm not exposing the brother. Look, brothers are already mad. They mad. Okay, I'm not going to tell them. Mm. Brothers is like, ninja, shut your punk ass up. Are you for real, bro? Man, would you shut? Man, you doing this. I'm unsubscribing. He said, coaches, sell out. All right, I'm going to stop because, brother, I'm about to lose my male audience. Look at my numbers going down. Look at my numbers going down. My number's going down. Ninjas don't want to hear the, the last part of the show. 
<laughs> All right, let me stop. Uh, let's go ahead and go up. Let's go ahead and go ahead here. Uh, why are you scared to be rich and successful? I try to give you about 10 minutes of this one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the lady, oh, now there's a woman in here. She wants to know. I won't tell you. I won't tell you. Let's keep it moving. Why y'all afraid to be rich and successful? First of all, I know people want to say that being rich is not a necessity, and this is certainly true. Most people have lived and died being very much in poverty, but there's some people who want some dreams and aspirations. They want to hit their goals. They want to be successful. And yes, Definition of success is whatever successful in your own mind. So I can't tell you what rich is. I can't tell you what successful is. But I know a lot of people dodge and are scared of success and wealth. And uh, one of the things that they do to cope is to say you don't need all of these things, right? You don't need fancy cars. The truly rich people don't have, and this is a lie. The truly wealthy don't have helicopters and and jets. And and Lamborghinis and all of this, they, they'll say that they don't have Rolex watches. These are all copes to keep you scared of being rich and successful. Now, some things that people don't know, rich people do like to compete and they like trophies. There are some wealthy people who have those, but they never show them. They never really flaunt their wealth. They don't flaunt it in front of you. They might even tell you like a Warren Buffett. Oh, I still live in the same house in Omaha, Nebraska. I drive a Honda Accord. And they'll tell you all this shit to make you feel comfortable with having nothing. All right. But I know he got a fleet of jets. <laughs> I know he can leave Omaha, Nebraska, and he can be on a fleet of jets in no time flat. Okay. But with this, one of the things that people do to be afraid of success is they associate success with something bad. Right. They associate it with negativity because many times they don't, they're not around wealthy people to know. Much of their exposure to successful or wealthy people is negative, and this connection will be immediate. So you'll be around wealthy people, maybe somebody that owns a business that you work for, or maybe somebody in the neighborhood. You went to a wealthy neighborhood and you were treated poorly, or you didn't like the energy that they brought back. They might be overly competitive, and you're a socialist. You might think wealthy people should give their money away, and they don't, but you don't realize that they give more money away than any average or common person ever could and they don't give it away they give it to people who work for it they actually have a support system of people who these people's monthly income and existence depends on a wealthy person and because that person's wealthy he doesn't give his money away but he employs a lot of people he gives it away of opportunities for those people to work for him he gives it to people who are undocumented to work as landscapers and maids and all of these things and these people work their fingers to the bone for these people. And he actually employs a, uh, a, a lot of people. But your experience could have been negative because you like to think that you're Robin Hood, you know, steal from the rich and give to the poor. The poor people are evil. And because you associated with negativity, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, yeah, these people are on a different level. You associate wealth and pursuit of being successful with bad. You saw people who become successful step on people, right? They stepped on people. They stepped on toes. They stepped on people's faces. Um, you are uncomfortable with their drive to be competitive. You will hear people talk negatively about Michael Jordan, perhaps one of the, the best basketball player of all times. And people can't wait. Well, he don't have a good relationship with his sons and he got divorced and he was gambling, allegedly, and his dad got deleted, and he treated his teammates poorly. 
but he had a one intentional focus that made him always considered to be the best in his craft. That is a definition of success. We do these things to make us feel comfortable with, with being rich and successful. Well, I don't want that if I have to be rich and successful. I don't want to treat people bad. I don't want to have bad relationships with my kids. And the, the funny thing is you do treat people bad. You still have bad relationships with your damn kids. And you ain't even Michael Jordan. Some of you guys don't ever see your kids. And Michael Jordan seeing his kids way more than you. And you still broke. You still unsuccessful. And he ain't. The reality is um, associating it with bad behavior on, on a personal level is kind of like what I talked about yesterday, shooting the messenger shooting the message down because the messenger is flawed. But all human beings are flawed. So for me to just pick out a characteristic of a person who's delivering an important message and just say this characteristic's bad doesn't mean the message is flawed. Doesn't mean that the person's not successful and therefore I don't want to be that person because he's flawed as a person. This is all things that make you scared to be rich and successful. All right, another thing that people do another trait, they'll say, well, you'll be alone. Yes, it's lonely at the top, as they say. The further you go up in being successful, let's just take the money away from it. The further you go up in being successful, the less people are up there. When you work in a, let's just say, corporate um, pyramid scheme, the bottom floors are heavily populated, right? The bottom floor will have the most employees, most of them grinders, most of them knuckle draggers. Then as you go up, Yes, there's less and less people, but they're still hot, heavily populated. You're on the second and third floor of the building. There's 200 people working on that floor. All right. As you go up, the higher you go up, there's less people up there. You get up to the senior manager positions. There's only six people up there on the entire floor. Okay. Only six. So, yes, as you become successful, you rise up. There's less people there. When you become the CEO and the right hand man, the CFO and the COO, it's only them three. They don't have to work on the same floor as the knuckle draggers, the 200 people down there pushing and shoving papers around, right? You, they don't. So it's, yes, it's lonely up there. Yes, you're going to start as you become and accumulate wealth, success. You're going to start thinking how I can get away from people, <laughs> not how you can get more people around you. More people around you put you at risk. Your success could be destroyed the more people around you. You could actually lose money or have people steal from you. Less people qualify to be around you. So now I got to move out to the mountains and the hills behind the gated community out where there's less people. That's just a part of it. That's a part of it. But if you don't want that, you want to be in the middle with the normies. You want to be in the middle with the commoners. You want to be in the middle. You want to be the people's champion. Well, you know, you might get exposed. Uh, what was the brother's name? Offset. Offset was a people's champion. Offset was normie. Like he wanted to be around the people. I think his name is Offset. No, Takeoff. Takeoff is his name. I got the wrong brother. Takeoff. Takeoff wanted to be the people's champion. Takeoff didn't realize he was worth $25 million and that he needed to be protected. Okay? He needed to be protected and removed from the commoners. But he wanted to be a, one of the people, and at 3 in the morning, guess what happens? Shit happens. Does that happen to all people? No. But that will teach you a lesson. You're not common. You're not people. You're not average. You need to get away from these people. It gets lonely. It gets lonely at the top. Yes, and you, but you're not alone up there. 
But as you climb, socializing with normies and commoners can't be a part of your life. Okay, another thing that people attribute to success is you're not going to be happy. All right, we can very much prove that people are highly depressed when they're in financial peril, when they're financially tight. You're not happy. You're not happy at all. So many times money can solve your problems and not a lot of money, just a little bit of money, just a little bit of money right now, right now. Most people's problems can be solved with less than $10,000. Right now, most people's problems in America can be solved with less than $10,000. Now, in, your, in, in these people's worlds, $10,000 seems like a lot of money. It seems like a lot of money. You're like, I'll do anything for $10,000. Well, let me tell you something. $10,000 in America is not a lot of money. It's not. Okay. That most times $10,000 wouldn't even solve the problem. You're so desperate. You need like 50 grand lick, which is not coming guys. It's not coming without works. It's not coming without you giving, sacrificing something. You, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Okay. To get that $50,000 lick. Like you're in desperation. And if you need anything above $50, 50,000 to solve your problems, you're in steep desperation. All right, but assuming that you could be normal and average and have a regular relationship and be around your people and family, that you're going to be happy, happier than rich and successful people is gobbledygook. It's ridiculous. $10,000 would take just a mind shift in eliminating something from your life. That 10 grand will be there in no time flat, very relatively quickly. Like going from 50K a year to 60K a year is not a great leap, but that's a great leap for a lot of people. Next thing, attaching success to something bad, Luciferian, evil, selling your soul, sacrificing a human being. Yeah, I'm sure that comes with the territory. But a lot of times we attribute that, that evil to success, making it to the top and whatnot. Okay. We'll also say something is uh, stuff that other people do that we shouldn't do. So you'll carry your, um, I say carry too many things. You want to carry too many things in order to be successful, right? And you say, if I cannot carry these things, I don't want them to be successful. This is how you scare yourself off. So you'll say, I want to carry my black pride. I want to carry my relatives at the barbecue. I want to carry my community with me. I want to carry, we all go, I want to bring all of us up together. I'm going to carry my baby mama. I want to carry my kids. I want to carry my heritage. I want to carry... You want to carry all this shit up. It's like climbing a mountain, climbing a mountain. The less you have, the more likely you're going to get to the top of the mountain. The more you got shit strapped to your back, the less likely you're climbing the mountain. So in order to say, well, I don't want to be successful or rich or whatever it is because I can't bring my family up. I can't bring Pookie and Ray Ray up. I can't bring the community up. I can't bring my ungrateful ass kids up. I can't bring my baby mama. Up. I can't bring my wife up. I can't bring. This is all you trying to carry all too much shit. You don't want to get rid of shit. You don't want to sacrifice things that are dead weight. And then you live on this obligation. Oh, I'm what I'm obligated to. No, you ain't. You ain't obligated to nothing. And neither are they required or um, um, neither do they deserve to ride your wave up to the top. So then you'll stay. So you doing this and you selling out. That's another evil attribution. If you're black and want to become successful, you sold out. 
or or the stuff that that person starts doing. That's white people stuff. I hear this scared of success stuff. I just call it a fear because it's overwhelmingly trying to penalize the person for being, well, you going to the golf club, tennis club, you going skiing, you going jet skiing, you going out there, you having fun, you buying a boat. This is all trying to scare people or make them feel bad. You're scared of success. That person is not. That person is actually going out and doing it and having fun. You're supposed to be happier without the boat. You're supposed to be happier without the vacation to uh, Whistler. You're supposed to be happier with less, right? But why are you mad when you see the person out here with the boat and shit? Obviously, he looks happy to me. And he got a boat full of junior college girls. I mean, he looks like he's having fun. Well, them girls using you for your money. Another scared mindset. Nobody can use you for money when you got a lot of it. <laughs> they can only use you for money when money when, when you don't have a lot of it. Same thing with marriage. He got divorced great. Well, not so much if he's wealthy. He did. It sucks. But that was a small percentage of his money. <laughs> right? But women are using broke ninjas for their money too. And it means a lot because when you get put on child support for $500, $600, $1,000, that's like 30, 40% of your income. Yeah, she used you for money. See how? See what the difference is? So a person using you for money when you're rich or broke, you guys are assuming that if you're broke, nobody can use you for money, but you don't want to pay for a date that costs less than 100 bucks because it means something to you. That's fear. You're scared of success and you attribute it to something bad. Wealthy people can look at $500 significantly different than Poor people. $500 means nothing to this person. $500 means everything to you. But you attribute it to something bad. Let's go to the next thing. People are afraid of what's next. Okay, so you're scaring yourself out of being successful. The reality is, I believe, being successful in what you want to do, not what other people want to do, but what you want to do, requires you to be a trailblazer. When you blaze a trail, that means you're actually making the path. What a lot of people want to do is they want to walk the path. They want to be told what to do along the path. And as they get to the next step, they still want guidance as to what to do next. But that's not how it works. When you blaze the trail, you actually have to get there without a prescription, without instructions, without knowledge. You're just basically sometimes winging it, but you're using knowledge to guide you. You're using experience past failures to guide you. You're preparing yourself to what could come up when you get to these paths as you're blazing your trail. Now, most people will stop at a certain point and they'll say, I'm happy enough where I'm at simply because they don't know what's next. And they're afraid to take that next step. They're afraid to double down. They're afraid to parlay. They're afraid to go forward because all their lives, they've been given instructions on what to do next. And let me just tell you, you've been very unsuccessful in following other people's instructions. They told you, go to public school. It'll be okay. Has it? Nope. Nah, you guys turned out all right. Then they told you to pay for college. It'll be all right. You'll be a success. Has it happened for most people? Nope. It's probably been to your detriment as much as it has made you successful. It has possibly made you a debt slave at best. They told you to get married. And you said, yep, that's what I'm supposed to do. Has it worked out for most people? Nope. Nope. They told you to have kids. Nope. They told you to do this. All your life, you've just been taking instructions from other people. 
instead of blazing your own trail, learning from the experience in over 10, 15 years, you become successful. But you don't know what's next, so you stop. Many times what could have been next is something that then you could actually give to the people as instruction and become richer and successful, more successful than you ever know. Okay? This is why people are afraid to become successful and rich is that they're instruction takers, they're followers, they're not leaders. Then when a leader shows up, guess what you do? You shoot them down with all your fears. Well, you ugly, you poor, you ain't happy, you alone, you you uh you you bitter, you hurt, you sold out, you the devil, you a Uncle Tom sellout, you can't you lost this, you ain't got good people around you, you doing white people stuff. You put all of your fears onto that person, but that person's a leader. That person's able to give you instructions. Matter of fact, that person could change your life. If you were around them for a week, you'll disqualify them. Well, I don't like you anyway. Fear. People are afraid to be rich and successful. But what they want to do is steal the money from them. They'll file child support cases against that person, but was in his way the entire time. They'll divorce him. They'll divorce the guy. The, the and try to get off and suck off the tit of the successful guy or the successful woman, the successful person. All along, they were the problem of why they weren't successful. This is fear. They don't want to take the risk. I often tell people, if you want part of my money, if you want the, if you want the, if you want the, um, if you want to take part of my life and then you want to say, I want a part of the success. Then I say, do you want a part of the risk? Do you want a part of the debt? Do you want a part of the sleepless nights? Do you want a part of the investment? Do you want to take part in what it truly took to have that? Nope. I don't want the debt. I don't want the investment money. I don't want to invest in it. I don't want the risk. I just want the rewards. I want the fruit of your effort. You climbed the tree and you got to the top and got the fruit. Bring down the fruit. Don't bring down the scars. On, on your feet do not bring the broken arms from the last time you tried to go up in the tree and didn't come down i don't need the strength to go up the tree again just give me the money this is all what rich uh, this is all what scared unsuccessful people do while they're watching you being successful they'll sit back and watch quiet then when you rise up there they'll even they're either want the fruits of the labor or they'll try to bring you down. This is all scared people. I want to see this guy end. I want to see the end of him. This is all what scared people do. And this is part of the game. Another reason why you're scared to be successful is you're afraid of what you're going to lose as opposed to what you're going to receive. If I told you guys today to delete your Facebook, delete your Facebook, you'll be, you'll be super successful. This is an example. Don't do this. I'm not telling you to do this. You know what? If you deleted your Facebook, you'll be super successful. What you're going to do is you're going to be like, yeah, but what about my grandmother? What about my Aunt Judy? I'm not going to see her updates. What about them kids that I went to? What about those people I went to school with 15 years ago? They're not going to know what I post. They're not going to know what I ate. I'm not going to know what they ate. I'm not going to see their lives progress or regress. I'm not going to be able to post my pictures or when I go on vacation. 
I'm not going to be able to sign in to all those other accounts that are connected to my Facebook. In your world, you're afraid to lose something. When I told you, if you deleted it, you could have what you wanted. And you said, I don't want to lose this. And so now you choose to continue to put in and invest in potential time-wasting activities that's preventing you from being successful. So you talk more about what you're going to lose as opposed to what you're going to gain. Right? And you'll go along 10 years and not have made a change in your life, and you will see other people make significant changes in their lives, possibly doing the one thing that you didn't want to do. It is what it is. Okay? Same thing as I talked about climbing that mountain. You want to hold on to everything and get to the top. You guys have this idea of utopianism where everybody wins in the end. I'm sorry. This is a competition. We are keeping score. Life is a competition. We're keeping score. How do we keep score? Houses, cars, where people go to school, money, jewelry, success in family, how your kids turn out, how your relationships work, friendships, right? This is all ways we measure a person's success and or how they how their life resulted. Are they taking vacations? Are they working their fingers to the bone in the field? Can they afford a vacation? These are all ways we, we compete out here. And it's part of life. If you are a person that says we shouldn't be competing, you're scared of success. That's all it is. You're scared of it. Because what you want is possibly to even yourself with people who possibly were born in the right family, their family sacrifice had good upbringing, were born with a different ethnicity or race, were born with a certain gender. You want to get rid of all of that. You also want to get rid of how much risk and sacrifice they took, what they were willing to give up, the lifestyle that they chose. They gave up weed, smoking, partying, and shaking ass. They gave up fornication for a period of time. Now you see them fornicating, and you're like, hey, well, it's already over now. I removed that distraction. I became who I came. Now I can enjoy that. You see them out here having vacation. And then you go, well, you come up with the reason why, right? I'm just here to tell you, if you're not willing to compete in this world, you're going to take mad losses. I'm sorry. If your decision, if your, if your solution is to take away from what other people earn for whatever one of those reasons, you're not you're being non-competitive. And you will find that you're not the only one. Yes, it's a lonely at the top, but you're surrounded by people who are losers. Which one's better? You got people around you, but they're losers. They have a loser mentality, and it's like cancer. It spreads from from them to you. Well, as the person that's rich and successful doesn't have many people around him, but he sure doesn't have haters. He sure doesn't have cancer mindset. He sure doesn't have quitters. He sure doesn't have losers around him. So you got people around you, but they're losers and they're making you a loser as well. Who's winning? <laughs> yeah, your family. Look into your own family right now. Look in your family. You're preventing being successful 
to stay close to your family. Now, I love my family. I love to see their pictures. I love their updates. I love to talk to them for a good couple of minutes. Look at your family. You can't tell me there's, dude, you're talking about drama outside of your family. Your whole family is drama. You're staying in an area so you can be close to your family, but your family is on bullshit. I'm not testifying as to my experience with my family. This is just what it is. Your family can't offer you shit, Nathan. And your family, more than likely, if you have any success, any powers, probably hate you and or will sabotage you before anybody else out here in these streets, before a stranger will. Not only that, they're serving you. They're doing you no good. None. They don't do you any good. What good has many of them done? Now, if you came from a good family, they probably have set you up properly. And that's the best they could have done. And that's all you should expect from them. <laughs> but, but many of you want to be around your family. So you can go to the barbecue every weekend and go to Sunday brunch and you can do all those things. Those things are fantastic. But is it ultimately rewarding for most people? That's up for you to decide. That's up for you to decide. Many people could probably do better without that. Not all. Many people can probably do better without them than they can be with them. But that's for you to decide. If you want to hold on to that, fine. I know people that probably live in Detroit, Michigan, who could probably be better served somewhere else, but they're only staying in Detroit because their family's there. I think that that's a sad testimony. You might think it's fine. I think that's probably fear. When you compare what they give you as opposed to what, um, as opposed to what you could possibly get, but I don't know what to tell you on that one. So, that's the, that's the thing today. That's the thing today. I think, and I think when I say this, I think, I know, I understand, I believe. I never feel anything. If I have a feeling, I will investigate it to get evidence, to develop a belief system so I can know. Gentlemen, correct that. Never say you feel. That is not good, strong leadership qualities, okay? I feel, I feel. You always say, I know, I believe, I understand, I see, okay? I've drawn this conclusion. I'm aware, all right? These are all things that real leaders and men say. Based on what I found, I know. These are all things that people say. If you're a man, you say, I feel, you'll never be successful. They're like, I'll say this, the likelihood of you being successful is slim to none and slim just died. <clears throat> okay, slim to none and slim just died. Last thing about uh, fear of success, I, for, I forgot this. The timeline of success or rich or wealth is probably way longer than you want. Okay. So you might think you want to be successful. I've mentioned the YouTubers. They do. They post. They post fifteen YouTube videos, and they think they should have 10,000 <clears throat> 10, subscribers. But they post their videos. They only get five views a video, and they're like, "What's what am I doing wrong?" 
you're doing nothing wrong. What you're doing now is planting the seeds for your impending growth. But you got keep planting the seeds. Not only that, you got to water them. You got to give them the right environment. Not only that, you consistently have to work through the seasons. You got to work through the storms. You got to work through the freeze. You can't just give up. <clears throat> can't just give up. Most people give up. They don't see the results immediately. The average millionaire is age 62. The average millionaire in America is age 62. I showed you the chart a couple of weeks ago. Not 30, not 26, not 40. The average millionaire is 62. In fact, over 75% plus of millionaires are over the age of 50. Sorry, over the age of 40. I think it was like 90%. No, let me correct it. 93% of millionaires are over the age of 40. I think it was 45. 93% of millionaires are over the age of 45. 93. When you whittle it down to people over 60, it was like it was like 66%. <laughs> over the age of 60, 66% of millionaires or something like that are 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 are, are millionaires. 66% You know what I'm talking about. Okay. But you're thinking I should be successful now. No, you're planting the seeds. You're taking the steps. And everything that you encounter in your life, if it's negative, it potentially is preventing you from that path of becoming whatever you want to become later in life. So, yeah, if you're taking time to go chase ass, you a babysitting ass ninja. All right. You want to babysit women. You want to act like the women are going to make you who you want to be. You want to want women to buy stuff for you. You party and smoke your weed. You believe that adolescents and young adults in their mid 20s are young and kids. Yep. You ain't going to be rich and successful. The likelihood is slim to none and slim just died. So you want to start life at 29, 30, 34, 40. You want to kick off life. You better hit a lick. And I'm talking about a legal lick, not no damn criminal lick, all right? Not no fast money. You better hit a lick. The reality is many, many men have learned through failure, and they started their shit off early in life. I started, I started my first registered business at 18, right? 18. That was the first time I said, I'm going to register a business, age 18. Now, did I become rich, wealthy? No. But I understood the process. I, I, didn't, I didn't fail. I basically moved on to something else. But I went through the steps. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Now, you see me now some 30 years later. And you're like, oh, he became famous on YouTube, and he just got it popping, and he got lucky. No, that is false. There's some truth in it. I find the I found the right vin, vin vehicle to become successful. But I didn't go in on day one going, how do I upload? I was already editing. I was already starting businesses. I was already ambitious. I was already at a work ethic like freaking crazy. I had to overcome obstacles, eliminate people to make this shit happen. This just didn't happen. Not only that, I had to work and work and invest and invest and put and put and take money over here, sacrifice, 
Didn't smoke weed, didn't go get booty, didn't do that. I did all of that shit behind the scenes. And this is the result right here. You see the results right here. You see the results at 47 years old. This shit just, just didn't happen. This was over the course of 30 years planting these seeds. Plus, 30 years plus making good decisions, staying away from bullshit, not going out every weekend, right? Learning how to edit. I was learning how to edit on fucked up ass computers, all right, spending hours to edit one video, all right? I did that in my profession with, with coaching basketball. I learned how to go to Toastmasters. I went to Toastmasters meetings on Mondays. Every Monday, diligently, I joined networking groups. I started other businesses, self-employed. So the result of this now is long, many, many years of good decisions, intentional work, taking good people's advice. Instead of hanging out with young dudes, I hung out with older dudes. And he was like, them dudes boring. But I was learning from them, soaking up the game. Instead of hanging out with just people from the hood, I hung out with people in the suburbs, soaking up the game, watching them. I'm like, damn, he started a donut shop. Okay, that's crazy. All right, okay, his wife is a teacher, and she seems to be happy teaching. She don't give a fuck. Ah, is that weird? But instead, y'all want to go be teachers and complain about the money y'all make and be single and single mothers and single fathers. It ain't going to work the same. I'm seeing people start businesses or handed down business from their family. I'm like, damn. I'm seeing dudes buying houses and land and shit like that. Investing in diamond. I seen the dude invest in diamonds at the age of 19 and they hit somewhere in Canada. They dug up the diamonds, $5 million. So I'm seeing people, instead of hanging out with the cool people, I hung out with these people. And everybody thought, oh, you lame and you, all the cool people, all the cool people in the back of the room thought I was weird. And that was a sacrifice. Instead of being cool, because I realized cool people don't really pan out to be successful. Young people, listen, cool people in the long run do not pan out to be successful. I'm going to just let you know right now. That right there is one of the things that's going to really put you off to the side. Trying to be the cool dude. That shit right there is going to mess you up. Now, I'm not saying to be lame and, and goofy. But being the cool dude doesn't work. It doesn't pan out to definitions of success and wealth and riches. Overwhelmingly, the not cool people are the ones who end up with the long-term W's. Cool people go to jail. Cool people get arrested. Cool people go to jail for not paying child support. Cool people get the straggle daggles. Yep, in the early part of the game, you was winning. But now over time... Over time, the cool shit becomes not important. So it's funny. A lot of people might even use that as a scare tactic for me. Well, coach ain't cool. First of all, you're lying to yourself. Second of all, it's not even an aspiration at this age, right? That would not even be something that I would aspire to because I know it doesn't, it's not a predictor of success. It's actually a predictor of failure. It's a predict it's more of a predictor of failure than it is a predictor of success. It's almost overwhelmingly the cool people underperform in life. Under it's not even close. I would venture to say 80-20. This always the 80-20. <laughs> okay. You're gonna hit your peak 
and then cool points does not matter much. In fact, the cool dudes still thinking they're getting women while the nerds are getting the best, best quality women, relatively cheaper and easier with less frustration. But I see the cool dudes running around here with slump busters bragging. And I'm like looking at you like, really, Ninja? Do you realize I could get that with not even a portion of my, that could be had easily. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even touch that broad. But anyway, let's get to these super chats as we continue this show. Thank you. Thank you for this one. <laughs> Slump busters. But in your world of coolness, you're winning. Tattooed up, light-skinned chicks. And I'm like, yeah, she light-skinned it, but she got a tattoo on her neck. <laughs> Let me get to these super chats. Like, Yikes. You don't see that? No, because in their world, they don't see it. I'm like, that person is not going to do you any good. That person is not going to do you any good. Matter of fact, I'm not even impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me stop. All right. Shout out to Thriller says, I believe happiness comes from the ability or knowledge to overcome your challenges in life. Eventually, can I get a ninjas always got to show they teeth? Shout out to you right there. And it does. I mean, I'm, I get orgasmic bliss from accomplishments. That's one of the best things. And I don't even need to be smiling. Right. When I, when I win, I, that's enough ninja. But when I win, I also act like I've been here before. Okay. So I've been here before I expected the win. I expected the win. And uh, did you see Jimmy Butler? You see Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler won his second Eastern Conference Championship. And uh, he was on the stage. He was on the platform. And they had the Eastern Conference trophy. And allegedly, one of the players, uh, I think it was Bam Adebayo, wanted Jimmy Butler to hold the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. And Jimmy Butler said, nah. He says, I want to hold the next one. He was like, that was cool. I expected to get that. That's nice. We won. I knew I would be here, right? I knew it. And he was like, that's all right. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm waiting to hold the championship trophy. Got to win, act like you've been there, and all of that, right? But if you want to celebrate every little victory, you want to go shake your ass. every Guys, do you guys realize people at nightclubs and bars and shit like that, these are the most miserable people on, in the world. These people are overwhelmingly not happy. These people are dealing with some issues. Please realize that when you go celebrate and you go celebrate with these people, these people are not happy with life. The women are overwhelmingly in a fucked up place to be able to go out there dressed naked and then go out there and act like, I mean, you know how much of a miserable human being you have to do to do something like that? How desperate for attention you would have to be and then complain when the attention comes. You got to realize that these people are not happy. They're on drugs. They're medicated. They have low ambition. They're looking for a lick. They're trying to get rich. The women trying to get a high value man, a rich guy that's going to give her herpes later. Like these people are the worst. Don't ever think you're missing out with these people. Overwhelmingly, not all of them. The majority of them are sick from something. These are not healthy people. Just their lifestyle alone is not healthy. Don't ever think you're missing out 
with these people having fun. These people are broke and sick. <laughs> For real. You know what? You know what successful people do to go get a reward? They go on vacation. <laughs> they go on vacation. They don't go to a nightclub in Miami. They go on vacation. Where little, where very few people can afford to go. That's where they go. That's what successful people do when they reward themselves. They go on vacation. They don't go to a nightclub in Miami. <laughs> okay, anyway. They don't go to a nightclub in Los Angeles, a rooftop bar. That's where sick people go. But it is what it is. You can disprove me, but it is what it is. These people are soulless. Shout out to Zoe, man, says you heard that Megan dumped her simp boyfriend, party, party, who was ready to fight Tory Lanez. Now she's dating a soccer star. Really? Oh, yeah. Hi, he says, I don't feel bad for those gumps. I, I did see people talking about that. So the guy. I think they got a tattoo of each other, right? Didn't they get a tattoo of each other? So she dumped that guy. Now she's on to bigger and better things. She is not yours. It is just your turn. JC says, coach, I talked to you in your local streams and you told me about my fears of leaving corporate. I walked away, putting in my two weeks, going all in. Don't blame me if it don't work. But listen, <laughs> all right, um, do what you got to do what's best for your life. Because it was always, it was already on your heart. Okay, shout out to Roberto Moreno. A wise man once said, if you don't have leaders, then you need socialism, communism, indeed. And uh, guys, if you want to become a leader, just understand people are going to try to shoot you down, assassinate you, assassinate your character. They're going to put so much fear into you. It's unbelievable. And even when you are still leading, they're going to do everything they can to destroy your leadership. This is a sign that you're doing exactly what you need to do. Do not fear that. All right. Do not fear that. If people were afraid um, to be for come forward, you would never have had a Malcolm X or Marcus Garvey or Martin Luther King. You never would have had the leaders. You would never have the founding fathers of America. How hypocritical ever it would be. You would never have people take over countries. You would never have people. Um, you would you would have poor people overwhelmingly. You would never have CEOs and presidents. You would never have these people. So you need leaders and understand as a leader, you're taking a significant risk because you're going to piss somebody off. And that just goes with the territory. Never be scared of that. People think I'm trying to find favor and everybody's got to like my message. I don't give a shit about your mess. I don't give a shit about you not liking what I got to say. That's part of the game. And the fact that you don't like it proves exactly why she keeps saying it. Let's continue. Age of Machines says, I relate to CGA on the time investment point. I am reaping rewards from 10 to 40 years ago. BS mitigation and avoiding time wasters is and is a must. Watch the time wasters. Napoleon Hill called them drifters. Watch the drifters in your life. Read the book, Are Winning the Devil, after you read The Free Agent Lifestyle. Drifters. People who are aimlessly drifting through life. They find comfort in misery. Misery loves company. They will willingly let you destroy your life right up under their watch. Avoid them. Henry Resilient, his name is Hemi Buckets. He's now trademark. Yes, he is that dude. All right, we do have a lot of. <clears throat> Shout out to Macaroni Tony. He says, what haters don't understand is what you do is a tech career. Uh, before I go on that. This job is going to exist. In the next 10 years, what you see I'm doing, you might. This ain't no job. See, this how far behind you are. We're going into a new world. 
This job is going to lead to the next job before your job does any goddamn thing. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Your job ain't going to exist in five to 10 years at all. But this type of thing, what you see is the future. And it ain't even, this ain't even it. All right. I'm not even, I'm, I'm going to get eliminated. But by the way, I don't have a job. He says, social media magnet. He says, oh, and I get it. He says, it's because you're not Gary V or David Goggins. The haters don't respect it. Well, the funny thing is, I, he's, I those guys get way more hate than me. Right? Tony got uh David Goggins, Gary V, um, the the um the uh the, uh, whatever you want to call them. These people get way more hate than me. You think I get hate, please? People really hate those guys. But again, that's part of leadership. That comes with the territory. The bigger you get, the more haters you get. It's what it is. And you will get a lot more supporters. But they want, you know, they want to be able to tell and dictate what leaders do. Well, you shouldn't curse and you shouldn't deliver your message like that. And you should say this and you should make me feel good. And you should tell me fat is okay. You should tell me that I'm oppressed. You should tell me. And I, the, I tell you the opposite. And overwhelmingly, that message is more realer and you get real people to follow you. The fake people follow you when you tell them and blow smoke up their ass. Look at Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson had way more followers than me, and he ended up being 50 times worse than me as a human being. He ended up being, take a look. Derek Jackson has a bigger following, but guess what? At the end of the day, you saw for you saw him for what he was. He blew smoke, he blew smoke up black women's ass, and guess what? <laughs> and now what? They hated me. And they didn't want me to be who I was, but I'm the realest out here, and I'm telling you the truth. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Shout out to Shot X. Sam, he says, uh, when I was married, I watched the most prawn and prawn of skinny girls. Your marriage scenario of watching prawn when the wife is out is too damn true and funny. Now that I'm divorced and have a girlfriend, I barely watch prawn anymore. No more marriage for life. And I hate to keep telling y'all this. <laughs> And I'm not a defense force for incels or young men, video gamers. I'm not a defense force. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Okay. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. The most, the dudes that use the most hookers, the dudes that use the, watch the most prawn are married. Now you're going to pull up a chart and you're going to pull up statistics to prove me otherwise. But I hate to tell you, it is not the incels. The simps that are buying OnlyFans are not incels. They're not ninjas living in their mother basement. It's married men. The dudes that be at the strip club going in the champagne room getting a hand job for $1,000 are not simps, incels, and men who can't get women. It is married men. I'm, I will prove that shit. I will take a note. I'll take a video. I'll take a video outside a strip club. Married men are the ones doing this shit. The ninjas watching the most pornography and sending girls only fan money is married men. I'm willing to debate somebody on this all day long. They have the, they have the most reason to do it. They have the biggest reason to do it and protect it and keep it discreet. No brainer. Men that are 45, 50, 55, they're the biggest OnlyFans, consumers, and supporters 
It is goes without question. I don't know why this is a debate and people want to not deal with it by saying it's the incels and the gamers. They ain't got no money. They got no money for this shit. They don't have money to go in the strip club and go crazy and make it rain. They don't. Why would an incel, an incel is already insecure about women? He going to show up and make it rain? An incel scared to go drive down Figueroa. He had no incentive to do that. He's like, why would I even do that? You know who will? Married men. They got to do it, and they got to do it at an odd hour. They got to get it done fast. <laughs> Come on, man. Gamers too busy playing video games to be running around here, driving around, going to school. <laughs> but it is what it is. I will challenge somebody on that all day long. I think the biggest consumers of OnlyFans are married men. It's not incels. It's not gamers. It's not losers. It's not ninjas living in their basement. Anyway. <laughs> it is not. All right. Um, and ask if you if you ask a sex worker, ask a sex worker, a woman that works, ask any one of them, a, a sugar baby, um, a, 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 um, a scripper, a woman that works on Figueroa, um, a OnlyFans girl, ask her. Ask her. Just go ask her. <laughs> She'll tell you, I have a lot of married clients. They'll tell you it's like 50, 60% of their clientele. It ain't even close. <laughs> All right, so anyway, a brother wants me to call them. Hey, the only way I deal with it is through clarity.fm because I don't give out my private number, so I can't call you, all right, or email you. Got to book a coaching session, all right, unfortunately. Otherwise, then just run around here with my private information, all right, spread it across the internet. All right, let me see here. We got like five more, so be patient with me. I got a sponsorship. This is a major sponsorship. I'm rich, he says, uh, he says, Coach, some of us living in the basement playing video games, making six figures for sure. And you out there on with, with OnlyFans girls, too. All right. Uh, shout out to my man, Alex, with the sponsorship for the support. I'm headed to Miami this Sunday. Rented a convertible and renting a yacht in July. He says, I wouldn't be in this position in life if I hadn't started listening to you this time last year. I just turned 31 years old in March. Thank you for your message, Coach Gang, for life. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. My brother's going to live the lifestyle. And as he's, he's going some places, renting his car, got a convertible, he's going to enjoy life. He's going to July. Reward yourself with a vacation. Reward yourself with a vacation. Shout out to A-Ron, coach in New Jersey. They don't play about domestic violation. XXs who use it don't realize that when the criminal court picks up the case, he gets arrested and often loses his job when he no calls, no shows. Then the XX wants to undo it because now she doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have an income to tax, but it's too late. Also, XXs have to pay after divorce is on the rise, and I predict it will eventually change in family court that men, yeah, will experience the change, you're saying. The laws are going to change when women get used by the family court. Yeah, we'll get the change that men are asking for the last 20 years. When women start being the victim of court, and they will, then they're going to want the laws to change. All right, it might be too late by then. Deadly Ellie minding my business, and bitches getting my view to give me red light signals. And he says, I'm like, bitch, if you don't get out of the way, get out the way, get out the way, minding your own business. 
I was in the um, I was in the hotel of the Conrad. And these two young girls were standing right in the walkway. I don't know if you've ever been there in the um, resort world. There's a big-ass orb in the middle of the uh, walkway by between the restaurants and the mall stores on the, on the first floor. But they stop right in the middle of the thing. But I'm walking, and I walk right past them. But I had to walk up to them because they were standing in the middle. As soon as I walked up, they were like, <laughs> like they got all defensive and shit. I'm like, man, I ain't, bruh. You standing in the way. Shout out to Jake Wish says, you are preaching. Keep it up. Keep it up. But they always have to be defensive about me. But they, and they were dressed scantily clad. It was Vegas. Shout out to Jake Wish. So they were dressed to impress. And then when they see me, they got all jumpy and shit. I'm like, man, these, these goofballs, they goofy. Angel says, laughing my ass off. Look at Megan Thee Stallion's ex-boyfriend tattoo and show it. Oh, yeah. He has a feminist tattoo pandering and worshiping to the sisterhood and got put back on the shelf like an elf. No sympathy for gumps. That's what it was. He had the tattoo feminist across his belly like Tupac. Kevin W says this is one of the best blue chip mindsets. When you mention an individual is planting the seeds for their future growth that resonated with me. I could go on and on, but you have a show to do. Thank you for so much motivation and I will continue. To plant the seeds more for my future, give me Kaylee. All right. And Kaylee. And we all need a Kaylee here and there sometimes. Where's she at? She crazy. Hi, my name is Kaylee. I'm a blonde. I have no tips. I make boys fall in love with me. They always throw in fits. I like being single. No, I've never been cussed. These boys want a relationship, but I'm just trying to. All right. Shout out to Kaylee. And uh, go to locals uh, in a little bit. I'm going to post a, a nice text message so you can see what's going on junior college style. Haters, you can go too. Shout out to uh, Mr. We'll call you Duke says, I went to the Indy 500 on Sunday free agent lifestyle for life. <laughs> if you would have had a girlfriend, she would have been like, it's too loud out here. I'm not going to watch these people. Okay, go enjoy yourselves, gentlemen. Go enjoy yourselves without the need to be able to take people with you like that shout out to oh we got a couple more memos shan says um how long will pacino's relationship last till he find out that's not his kid shout out to no government name working man podcast coach you are right about letting go of broke people and leeching family i'm 27 make one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year and have 100k saved and invested he says it wasn't until i let certain people go that I had the ab ability to propel rapidly economically focus on in your younger years was critical. All right. Focusing on your younger years was critical. Yep. If you can get this down at 18, 19 and realize what really matters in the world, you can actually get yourself ready so that by the time you hit 30, 35, 40, you're in prime position to reap the benefits, right? Reap what you sow. All right, that's going to be the end of the show. We've gone on and on. Appreciate the support. Thank you for the people who stuck in there. Watch the replay. Replay gang, hit the thumbs up and feel free to contribute at the end of the show. All right, just because it's I'm not on doesn't mean you can't hit me up. But appreciate y'all for being here. And we out of here. Shout out to those brothers out here. Look at these ninjas mad as I'm leaving. But we love you. We need you out here. We love you. Peace. Here comes the bankroll. Here it comes. This is what make it all happen right there. That's, that's what make it happen.
This will make it happen. If a man want to know how to meet a nice woman, how you meet her? With this. <laughs> First damn word come out your mouth, I got money. <laughs> but those not respectable women. I don't want no respect. I want some ass. <laughs> damn the respect. I want you to break down like a 12 gauge double barrel shotgun and show me what you're working with. But don't you want commitment? What, go who? You go don't want to be committed. Shit. I'm committed to getting her to that bedroom and giving her what she needs.